Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to the Totally Driven Entertainment Radio Network. In the future, none of you are heroes. You're legends. Get driven. Stay driven. And welcome to the Mojo Sports Show. I'm your host, Mr. Mojo, taking you through the world of sports on this Saturday, January 14th. That's a busy show ahead. But just want to let everybody know the Mojo Sports Show is brought to you by Bay Ragging and the Totally Driven Entertainment Network, dedicated in bringing you total entertainment. Busy show today. Going to be talking a lot of football playoffs at 11 o'clock. PDV will be joining me. A couple other guests later will be talking football we be going over all the playoff games this weekend and all uh, all the divisional games this weekend, and we'll, re- we'll go back and look at all the, the wild card games from last weekend, and none of them were really too close. Final score, a couple of games were close into the second half, but then uh, pretty much all four games were pretty much decided by a big amount. So no close games last week. Hopefully we'll have better games this weekend. So we're going to go over all that. We're going to talk about uh, the, the classic ending between Alabama and Clemson. As Clemson drove down the field with under two minutes left, but a game-winning drive on one second left. Sean Watson threw a touchdown to Renfro for the game winner, capping a big comeback for Clemson. We're down 14 nothing in the game, and big win for Clemson wins the national championship and prevents Alabama from winning back to back. So. Definitely nice to see a different team. We both uh, on the show last week predicted uh, Clemson and Pete, and uh, it was good to good to see a different champion for once. And uh, very happy for Deshaun Watson and Clemson. Although the coach almost uh, blew that game at the end, I thought with the last that 25 seconds run, it almost forced him a play or two that uh, he could have called a timeout and he let the clock run. But hey, when you win with one second left, to lose anybody to say anything, right? So. Big win for Clemson, so we're going to talk about that game. We're going through a bunch of stuff. We're going to be going through baseball, see what's going on on the hot stove. Obviously, there was some drama with uh, the Alderson and Backman this week. Backman saying Alderson's blackballing him around the league, so we're going to talk about that. I'm actually going to talk about that in the beginning, but, you know, in the opening ramp, and a couple other things as well as with Derek Rose with the Knicks. We're going to talk about that as well in the beginning of the show. And then we'll talk about some NBA stuff going on. Last night, some great games. Celtics-Hawks. Celtics beat the Hawks by two. Al Horford's returned to Atlanta to a mixed reaction. He had some boos. And everybody's like, oh, why are they booing? The guy left to go to their rival. What do you expect? They gave him a standing ovation when they did the tribute. Um, they did a big tribute to him on the video. And they got got a big stand. The whole stadium gave him a standing ovation. They had a great sellout crowd, very uh, loud crowd last night. And uh, 
you know, often in the game, only 10 points. He had 10.6 rebounds, 6 assists. But Isaiah Thomas was obviously at the end of the difference with the, with the shot with two seconds left. So the Hawks came back from 20 down. It was a great game. I mean, you're going to see these two teams meet in the playoffs again. But I just found it funny after the game, you're saying, well, we shouldn't have bit, booed him with disrespect. He left them to go to a rival. They, you know, they booed him when he was getting introduced with the team because they were rooting against the Celtics. When they did a separate thing for him on the video board, a big tribute to his whole career with the Hawks, he got a standing ovation. So, of course, they're not going to move. What did, what did, what did the, I had the Celtics players say, what did they think, that they were going to uh, root, root for him against the Hawks? I mean, and obviously the difference to me in the game was Kelly Olnick, who averages eight points a game, had 26 points out of nowhere. And to me, that was the difference. But I give the Hawks credit. They were down 20. They came back and tied it. Right? At the end of the game, a couple of big threes. And the Hawks went with their bench down the stretch. The bench brought them back. They didn't have Schroeder or Howard on the floor down the stretch, and actually done, the new Hawk Dunleavy came in at two big threes. And then I just didn't understand why he had Mescala out there. I mean, the guy was 0 for 7. He was turning the ball over. To me, that's going to be questioned. Why he, you didn't have, but they came back and tied it, so I guess you can't say anything. But the guy, you could add, I think if you had Howard on the floor there, which he wouldn't normally be, but I guess the coach said they came back from 20. He just wanted to leave the team on the floor that came back. And he came up to show up, but it was a great classic game. And uh, Cleveland wins big last night. Uh, Kyle Corver finally settling in. Had a big game at four threes at 20 points. So the Cavs are getting back on track. So we're going to get into all NBA today. I do want to give a – I want to start off the show, though, before I go any further with a shout-out to Adam. who comes on the show, Adam from Manhattan. He's part of the Met Roundtable. He calls and talks football a lot. I do want to give a shout-out to him and his wife for on the birth of their beautiful little girl, Mia. On Wednesday, he had his first his first uh, child, a, a little girl. So from the Mojo Sports Show, everybody here, we're wishing Adam, his wife, Dana, and the little girl, Mia, and the family nothing but the best. And, uh, you know, I hope you had all your sleep in, Adam. It's time. It's not much sleep coming now, buddy. But seriously, enjoy. And, uh, you know, it's a great feeling. I know you're, you're happy. And, you know, so enjoy, and, you know, we just wanted to give you a shout-out. You deserve it, you and your family, and uh, little me of the Mets fan now. So, coming in. So, so definitely enjoy, and, uh, you know, we'll definitely hear from you soon. You know, probably probably not for a while. He's going to need his sleep for a while, but definitely hear from Adam soon. But definitely congrats, Adam. From all of us here at the Mojo Sports Show, for me personally, congrats and best wishes to you and your family. Now we're going to also, we're going to get into a little, I haven't done one of these. Mojo's opening rant. So my opening rant, I have a few tickets tonight, so we're going to start off with the Knicks, because, you know, I feel, start off with Derek Rose right now. Now, he had a game. Now, listen, we all work, we all have jobs, we all have family issues sometimes, or people, you know, personal issues. But you can't just not show up to work. All right, if me or you did that at our job, we that wouldn't fly. You, you, you take it all the day. You have to call in, you know, contact somebody. I don't care who you are. This guy disappeared. He just disappeared. He didn't show up. Nobody heard from him until after the game. Then he said he had a family issue. Everything's all right. But, like, What's the issue? We all have family. people have family issues. They still got to go to work or contact their work. I'm sure the Knicks would have gladly gave you the night off 
if she told me I had a personal issue to attend, but to just do it without telling anybody. And listen, people are saying Rose is frustrated with Hornacek. He's frustrated with the Knicks system. I don't know. Rose is doing what looks like he's doing fine. Maybe he's frustrated with losing because that's what the Knicks are doing right now. They got to win the other night. But, you know, over the Bulls, but without Jimmy Butler, I mean, that's a, you know, to me, I don't really count that. That's a win, but whatever. That's not an impressive win when you beat the team with their best player out. But Nick's got issues. But the, to me, the Derek Rose thing, to me, I've been saying on the show for a while, everybody who hears me that the Knicks should rebuild the right way. They should have built around Porzingis two years ago, traded Carmelo. And, you know, at this point, the team's sinking. They're four or five games out of the playoffs right now. Does anybody really think the Knicks are going to make a playoff run? They can't play defense. Phil Jackson has been a, a, a complete bust with the Knicks here. He made one good move, picking Porzingis. Everything else has turned to crap. So, I mean, he, he got another season with the team not making a playoff. I think the best thing that could happen to the Knicks probably ain't going to happen, but to me the best thing that could happen was Phil Jackson resign after this year, and then they trade Carmelo, let Rose go, move on, and build this team the right way. It could take a couple of years, but you could do it the right way. You're not going to win with this team. Here they are. They put a lot of talent on the floor this year on paper, and they're still underperforming. They're still playing worse than they played just or just about the same or worse than they played last year. I mean, so with you know, and to me, it's taking a lot. You're, you're taking the ball out. You're, you're, you're hindering Porzingis' development because everybody, you know, Rose is taking a lot of shots. Melo's taking a lot of shots. Everybody's taking shots. Porzingis is like the third option now. Okay, it, you know, and then the other night, listen, they lost that game to Philly the other night. It was a crusher. All right, they had that game. They were up ten with two minutes left, and then you know, O'Donnell hits the hits the game winning shot after Pozingas air ball, and then O'Donnell hits the game winning shot over Carmelo at the buzzer. Carmelo, put your hands up and defend it. I mean, seriously, I the, the guy just stood there. It's just, it's it's amazing to me that you know what's the problem? Is it the players? Is it Phil Jackson? Is it Hornacek? There's something. There's a problem there because the team can't win. So you know, you know his disappearance. He got fined. He didn't get suspended. Rose, which to me should have got suspended. You don't do something like that. Should at least get a couple of game, one or two games. You know, Rose. You know, right before this happened, Rose was saying publicly how he wants a full max five year on you ain't listen. One, the Knicks, Knicks ain't stupid enough to give him that. And nobody's – who would give Rose a max deal? You have to be out of your mind. I guess there's always somebody who's desperate, like a Sacramento or Dallas, who may come out and pay him. But I don't know how you can pay I mean, you watch him play. Yeah, he can still drive. But he's not. He's clearly not the same player. You can't count on him every game if he's going to be healthy. You can't give the guy a max deal. I'm not saying he ain't worth something, you know, decent money, but he's not worth a max deal. And I don't think he'll be with the Knicks next year. Anyway, personally, I think that ship sailed. I think he'll be on another team next year. And I wouldn't be surprised if Melo's on another team. And if I'm the Knicks, I'm looking to do something at the deadline this year. Why not move Rose and Melo now and get future peace, get some first-rounders if you can, try something. Somebody will give up something from Melo, especially a team that's trying to get in the playoffs. You know, you're going to get a, probably a good young player in a first-rounder for him. And, you know, a couple of years ago, I Obviously, they missed the boat. We spoke about it when when they let they let uh what's his name go. But you know, I I, I don't I don't like with their uh, I just don't like how they're building the team. I don't like 
you know, they, they went for the quick fix again. You know, adding Rose, adding Noah, who's clearly not the same player. And you pay these guys. Courtney Lee's a decent player, but he's more of like a role guy. And, uh, you know, Rose, you know, you, you basically, you, you went for the quick quick win. You're like going to try and make the playoffs this year, but obviously it didn't work. It's backfired. So, because they're not making a playoffs. So, yeah, you can say, oh, they're always four or five out. Yeah, they're four or five out and free forward at this point. So, to me, the whole thing boils down to the Knicks should have took action against Rose for this. You know, he got away easy, in my opinion. You know, he's supposed to get suspended, and he didn't. So, whatever. The Knicks, I guess they're desperate. They were desperate to get a win. They lose the next game to Philly, like I said, the heartbreaker, and they won the other night against the Bulls. Tomorrow they play at Raptors, a tough game, and then Monday against the Hawks, who are a hot team. So, Knicks in danger of losing another two straight, most possibly, you know, over the weekend. So, we'll see what happens there. Another thing I wanted to talk about was the whole uh, Nets, Wally Backman. So, Backman comes out publicly. It says, you know, he's getting blackballed. He can't get another job now around the league. Now, we always knew there was an issue there. All the things come out this week is that he hasn't even spoken on one team about Backman. Now, you don't know who to believe here. Should Backman just be bitter because he can't get a job? Maybe he shouldn't have left the Mets. The Mets were easy to let him go because the Mets don't want any controversy when Collins leaves in another year or so because they don't want Backman as their manager, unfortunately. All the Mets fans do, but the Mets don't. So that's why Backman's gone now because when when, uh, Collins does retire, they don't want any controversy on who's going to be the next manager. You know, they don't want everybody going bad. We want Backman. They only want Backman in, the, in sight to match. So that, that's what that boils down to. So to me, listen, Backman made mistakes early on. Shouldn't be blackballed from the league. I don't think he is. I don't think all of a sudden that type of guy. I, you could say we think all of a sudden he's weird, he's cheap, he has a small market mentality, blah, blah, blah. I don't think he's the type of guy to go for a guy's job and career. He just don't strike me as that. Backman's a little off the, off the, off, you know, a little nuts, obviously. But I don't think uh, anything was done intent there, but he's feeling something that he's being blackballed around the league. And, you know, when you, when you ruffle a lot of feathers, it catches up with you at some point. And I think that's what's happening with Backman. Especially, I liked him. I, I would have liked the opportunity to, him to manage the Mets, but it don't look like it's happening. So, you know, we'll see what happens there. And then another thing was Dana White offering $25 million to Mayweather and McGregor to fight. Now, come on now. They fight in a boxing match. Mayweather's going to destroy McGregor. Let's stop with this Conor McGregor UFC stuff. If he, if he boxes Mayweather in a boxing match, he's going to get – if they fight a UFC fight, yeah, they made McGregor win. They fight a boxing fight, Mayweather, I mean, uh, Mayweather's going to destroy McGregor in a boxing fight, okay? I know it's obviously about money. It's a draw. That's what it's all about. 20, to me, they're saying $25 million ain't enough, these guys are saying for them, which is another crazy thing. But it's just a, a circus. So Mayweather, he is, he's retired, but he'll come out to fight Conor McGregor, but he won't come out and give Pacquiao a rematch. He'll come out and fight, you know, Canelo again, or somebody like that. Like, that he won't do, but he'll, you know, or, or Golovkin. He won't come out and fight these guys, but he'll fight Conor McGregor because he knows he'll win a boxing match against McGregor. If he's going to retire, stay retired. I'm sick of guys retiring, coming back, blah, 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 just for the money grab. And it ain't like Mayweather needs the money. I mean, I see something the other day. He walks around with a backpack of 30000 cash in it all the time. 
seventy goals and thirty thousand in cash. So that's that's pretty crazy in itself. So, but I, I just think it's all about money. And UFC lost their big ticket now. Obviously, McGregor's their big male ticket, but Rousey was their big woman ticket. And now with her credibility shot after two straight losses, and to me, I think it's unfair. You know, now they're saying, oh, well, she was protected. She had a lot of easy fights, but whatever it was. I mean, she revolutionized and made UFC what it is, right? So she should she should get some respect there, in my opinion. So she lost. Everybody loses, you know. But UFC is going to hurt without her now. It's clear. And, uh, you know, that's, that was their big ticket. And, you know, like I said in the past on here, that last week again, I could see her go to WWE now. I definitely see something for her, so keep an eye out for her at WrestleMania because I'm telling you, I could definitely see that happening. Also, so a lot of coaching changes in the NFL. We switch over to the NFL now. <clears throat> well, before I get to the NFL, a couple of little notes on around around the league. So obviously, congrats to uh, Alexander Ovechkin uh, of the Capitals as he. Uh, he becomes, he, he, I believe he had a thousand points, so he becomes, I think it was the 15th guy or something to, come, to have that many points. So, it, listen, it's a great, a great, uh, uh, hold on a second. So, it's a great accomplishment for uh, a veteran. Obviously, I don't know if anybody else seen the other thing that happened. Uh, Austin Matthews, a great young player, got nailed. He got nailed in uh in the head. He got a concussion, which was unfortunate. I'm sorry, not Austin Matthews. Sorry, Patrick Lane from Winnipeg got hit in the head, and he 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 got a a concussion. So that you know, really one of the fine young players in the league. You never want to see that happen. And one of the better young players in the league. So that's an unfortunate thing. We hope we hope for the best for him there. That every that he can recover quickly from that because that's just an unfortunate. You don't want to see that happen to anybody. And, uh, you know, just unfortunate to see a good young player get injured like that. So you never want to see that in the NHL. I've seen the Rangers did something really nice last night for the Stephen McDonald, the retired cop who passed away the other day, 59 years old. Everybody knows the story, how he was shot in 1986, the left paraplegic. And, you know, he's been a big part of the community, the city, doing a lot of charity work the years and, you know, he's become a, he's a signal of the ring. Like, you've always connected him with the Rangers because even back when this happened, it was the Rangers, you know, embraced it. They did a lot for it. And it was uh, it was, it was definitely a thing. And the Rangers came out last night, and, you know, it was a great thing what they did for him and his family. His wife and his son dropped the puck last night, so that was very nice. And having another flat home performance, and they're playing better. They're playing really bad on the road. You can't expect. You can't expect to be a, a, a big threat in the playoffs if you can't win at home. And right now, the Rangers are struggling. You know, at home, they really are. They're not playing good. Yeah. So on a Vetchkin, so he has, he got his thousandth career point. 35 seconds into the game against Pittsburgh the other night. And, you know, it, it, it's a great accomplishment. Ovechkin is, you know, one of the best 
best play is, you know, Backstrom got his 500th assist on that play as well. And eventually just one of the, you know, best players in the league. So definitely just wanted to give Ovechkin some props there. And, uh, you know, obviously I'm very unfortunate about Patrick Lane. You never want to see something like that happen in the NHL. So then baseball we'll get into a little in a little while. i got some baseball to go over, some signings. You know, a lot of people avoid arbitration. Seattle made another trade. They got Smiley. I see a crazy stat about Seattle, about the GM of the Mariners. So the guy Depoto has supposedly made, like, something like 36, Five deals in 16 months. That's insane. 35 trades in 16 months this guy made. And it's 11th trade of this offseason. So you talk about a guy who's really uh, busy. Jerry DePoto definitely makes moves, trying to get his team better. He made some good moves. And he got Drew Smiley. He traded Tyron Walker to the Diamondbacks. He got Sinkara. Like, so he made some good moves this offseason. So we'll see how it works. Seattle's a team that's trying to get in the playoffs. So definitely some good moves there during the week. And obviously the big coaching carousel. Obviously we're going to get into the NFL games with Petey in a little while. I'm going to talk about last week's game. So I'm going to get into a little of those games before Pete comes on. And then well, obviously we'll go through them with Pete, and then we'll talk about this week's games as well. So obviously this week we have four big games today and tomorrow, two today, two tomorrow. They did move the Pittsburgh-Kansas City game from 1 o'clock tomorrow because of ice potential ice storm tonight into early tomorrow. So they moved it to Sunday night. So Pittsburgh, Kansas City will be at 820 Sunday night now. So it'll be after the Green Bay-Dallas game now, not before as originally planned. So that's just a programming note for football fans looking for that game this weekend. I'm interested enough, the ratings are down in the NFL. I've seen they're down by almost 2 million viewers last week in the playoffs. And I don't know what it is. I don't know. I, I'm telling you, I still think a lot of this stuff, because the ratings have been kind of a little down all year. I kind of think a lot of this is a result of, it's really a result of the penalties that people can't. Sometimes when you're throwing a flag, every time somebody throws a pass, it becomes an unwatchable game. And they do. They throw too many flags. Especially in the playoffs, let these guys play. You gotta let them be a little physical. And then they throw flags when they feel like it. I was watching last week. There was plays where guys were being held and they weren't calling anything for one team, but then the other team, the guy was barely touched and they throw a flag. And obviously, I'm gonna get into the coaching changes. But before I get into that, obviously Beckham, all the Beckham drama after the bad game he had last week, drops and then punching the wall. Not to me, punching the wall ain't a big deal. The drops are the big deal. You got to make these plays in the playoffs. That's what you get. That, that, you want to be a big time player with a big time ego and a big time mouth. You got to back it up with some big time plays in the big games. And he didn't come up big for them last week. He dropped a couple of passes, touchdown. You know, so Beckham needs to do a better job next year. I think they say he's working on his anger issues now. I mean, I've heard this about a lot of players. Let's see if he actually does it. But Beckham don't seem like one of those guys that. He seems like a guy that will try to get better off the field and try to be a better person. So we'll see what happens there. But he did have a bad game last week. But the punch in the wall thing to me is not a big deal. Like, they're making a big deal, but all the all, like, wow, he got mad. He punched the wall. What's the big deal? I mean, so the end of the world, the first guy to punch the wall in the locker room. I mean, that's what I'm saying. A guy like Beckham is a lightning rod, though. Anything he does is going to get blown out of proportion. To me, it wasn't a big deal. 
He should have just been more pissed about his performance, which he was. That's probably why he punched the wall. But he seemed to answer questions fine in the locker room. He just needs to grow up, the guy. That's it. He'll be fine. He's a great player. I heard Giant fans this week on the radio. They trade him. Like, are you kidding me? You're not trading the guy. You go, you know, stop, please. All right? You trade the guys for you're not going to get a better player than him with the draft pick. But even if you get a first rounder for him, you ain't going to get a better player than him, most likely. So why would you even consider it? It's just, it's a dumb thought. It really is. For the children, how fans are. They're, you know, fair-weather fans. When things are going great, they love you. When things start going bad, they go after you. So that's just how it is. But to me, he played a bad game. He deserves criticism for the game he played. But let's not get too crazy over him punching the wall. I think that's a little over the top, and I think – you know, I think we've all punched a wall at some point in our lives. So let's stop. All right, around the league. So speaking of the Giants, so Tom Coughlin was hired as the VP of football operations for Jacksonville this week. So he'll be overseeing all the football teams at the top, which is interesting. Going back where it started, the Coughlin in the NFL. And so they hired Doug Marone. They, they took the tag off of Doug Marone and gave him that coach, which I think is a good move for them. Give him a shot. He did good at the end. He was a hot coach in Buffalo that year. He left. He kind of got, you know, the way he left Buffalo kind of scared teams away from him. But give the guy credit. And, uh, you know, he got the job here. Now, Vance Joseph, the Dolphins defensive coordinator, goes to Denver. So, now, to me, I'm not, like, losing sleep over this. Dolphins, you know, they promoted Matt Burke the defensive coordinator. Like, I know Vance Joseph is a hot name, but Miami had one of the worst statistical defensive years ever this year for their franchise. I don't get what the big thing is with Vance Joseph. I mean, maybe you'd say he didn't have – he had a banged-up team, obviously. The secondary was all out. That probably was part of it. But, you know, the first six games they were there, and they were having issues too. So, I'm not losing sleep over this. I know people are like, oh, Miami as a whole. Do they really? Because uh, can you do any worse than having the worst defense? Statistically, in your, in your history, I mean, so and he hired Denver hired Mike McCornator, so that's a good move. The Denver, he's a good offensive coordinator. The Rams hired Sean McVay, a 30-year-old, the youngest coach in the league now, taking that over for Gase from Miami. So McVay, a 30 years, maybe 31 next week. So Sean McVay, a new head coach, and got Wade Phillips as defensive coordinator of the Rams. So they got away from that Jeff Fisher era, and they, you know, they're starting something new here, and they're hoping it, it works. The Bucks agreed to an extension with defensive coordinator Mike Smith. Buffalo High is head coach Sean McDermott. Woody Harrelson lookalike is the head coach. So we'll see how that's so they let Anthony Lynn go to San Diego, which I told Buffalo would keep Lynn, but so Lynn goes to San Diego, McDermott to Buffalo. Buffalo also gets Leslie Frazier, who's a good defensive coach, who's their defensive coordinator. So that was a good move for them as well. And Carolina promote Steve Wilkes to secondary from secondary coach to defensive coordinator with the departure of Sean McDermott, who was the defensive coordinator of the Panthers. So that's the football carousel as of now. And, uh, you know, so you got, listen, you got a lot going on. Obviously, you got a, got a couple of jobs still open, a nine a job. So it'll be interesting to see who they're looking at there. And, uh, you know, Bill, Bill O'Brien, obviously I just read Bill O'Brien will be back with the Texans last year. I know there was some thought maybe he, he would go. And uh, you know, we also want to talk about this whole uh, L.A. move, the San Diego move into L.A. 
obviously very disappointing for Charger fans in San Diego that the team they're losing the team. And I don't like this personally. I think the NFL needs to do a better job of helping cities keep help funding stadiums for these cities. Why are people paying it out of this? You know, why are we coming out of people's tax money? Why can't the NFL makes all this money off the people? Pay for it themselves, like help out and, and put in money. They they could do it. They wouldn't even budge the NFL to help out. You could do something for the NFL, do the players union. There has to be a way to help. A team like San Diego should not lose a franchise. And now the Raiders are moving. The Raiders are putting in the paperwork to move to Vegas as well. And you know they just established themselves back as the Oakland Raiders. And they just I want to talk to Pete about this later. See what he thinks about the move. If he's happy about it as a Raider fan. But, like, now you, you know, just have yourself to get Raiders back and all that, and then now you're going to move to Vegas. And, you know, they went to, they went to Oakland, to L.A., to Oakland, to L.A., back and forth, and now to Vegas. It's like, you know, I, I, it's at that point, like, enough. Like, you know, these teams moving. Like, let's try to keep teams where they are for once. You know, let, 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 the Chargers moving, to me, it's not good for the NFL. It's not. There's nothing good about the Chargers moving to the NFL at all. So, you know, I'm not happy with that. And I, I, I think, the, like I said, the NFL should do a better job of of helping keep teams in their cities. I think they did a poor job. And San Diego leaving, you know, the fans are pissed off. And obviously, listen, they didn't get much the support because they can't. They don't have... You know, you can't expect a city like that to just fund the whole stadium. They need to help out. The NFL needs to step in and do something. You know, Goodell goes out of his way to do all these other stuff, but, you know, something like this that he should clearly take advantage of, he's not. So I'm very disappointed with that, seeing that, that move. And I'm disappointed to hear that the Raiders can move to Vegas. I don't mind Vegas getting a team, but why not an expansion team? Like, I, I, I don't like... I, I, honestly, I'm not a fan of how this is all happening with San Diego and the Raiders, but that's just me. <clears throat> Some people think it's good. I don't think it's bad, especially a team like San Diego with a lot of history. You know, so, you know, Dan Fouts, Keller Winslow, you know, Charles Joyner, Junior Seau, just Damian Tomlinson, just you know, now Philip Rivers, Gates. Like it, it, to me, it's sad. It's very sad day in the NFL. So. I just wanted to touch on that. So I'm going to bring in my first guest, my first caller. Adnan, you there? Adnan, you there? Adnan, all right, call back. I don't hear you. Padman, we have an issue with Padman. Hopefully he'll call back. I have another caller. I'm going to take this other caller right now. Hello, you're on the Mojo Sports Show. I heat up. I can't cool down. 
the situation got me going round and round. I was going to, I was, uh, what do you call, I had a call on this number today. How's it going, brother? It's Magic Mike. I'm here. Wow. Tell me what is going on today. What's going on, my man? I'm saying I want to hear it, baby. I'm wearing my Buffalo Bills hat, my Buffalo Bills jacket. I'm ready to go. I'm pumped. I can't wait. Sean McDermott, good choice, baby. Good choice. You're wearing your Buffalo Bill hat. You're that excited over Sean McDermott? Very excited because it is time for a change, as Owen Hart once said. And I'm excited because the future looks good with Sean McDermott. And and you know what? I I commend the Pagulas. I think they did a great job. But I also want, would like to say something, too, though. Okay. I would like to congratulate I would like to congratulate Anthony Lynn on a on a good run with the Buffalo Bills. He made it he made it very good and very fast in his career and I'm glad he got the job because I like and respect Anthony Lynn as well. And I'm happy for the Los Angeles I was gonna say Los Angeles Dodgers, I was gonna say Los Angeles Chargers and all the Charger fans over there. You're getting a great guy, a good guy, very knowledgeable, and enjoy him. We are. We're, we're, we got Woody Harrelson, baby. We got Woody Harrelson. If you listen to and you look at him, God, he looks a little like uh, he looks a little like Woody, and he sounds just like Woody Harrelson. I love it. <laughs> Let me ask you something, Mike. So, what do you think of uh, what do you think of this weekend's games? I have my picks at home, so off offhand, I made my picks. I'll tell you what, though. Last week when we all did the roundtable, I got one pick right. I couldn't believe it. I got the one game that I was right about. I got the Packers-Giants game. I picked the Packers, and I was right about it, and I, and I can't believe it. I mean, I was, I was hoping I did pick uh, the Dolphins, and I did pick um, Oakland because I figured Oakland would beat the, the – uh, the what were they, what are the Houston right? I figured they would beat them, but um, you know, again, you go in, you try to do the best you can. Um, I'm sure I'm probably not going to speak to Pete, but tell Pete I said uh, good luck uh, next year for him and his team, and that's you know that's what's going to what happen there. What do you think there. of the San Diego Charger move that I was just talking about? I didn't hear it. I yeah, I just turned on the the phone, so I was I was I, I figured I would listen so charges, to the show. Cause... You know, charges are relocating to L.A. Right, 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 right. I knew that. Yeah, I found that out. Yeah, I I got a text actually, and and a whole thing about it. Uh, you know, if 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 that's where they if that's what they want to do, and that's where the organization wants to go. I mean, now you know the Rams are in L.A. <laughs> the Chargers. I mean, I think the Chargers are better. In LA, than they would be in Vegas. I mean, there was there were talks that they were going to move to Vegas. Um, but I don't you know, I mean, as long they, as... I don't understand why they keep putting teams in LA when the NFL well, has failed in LA already. So why? Never mind putting one team because there. they why want to try. I guess, right? I, I guess because they want to try. But the funny thing is about what I was I was watching yesterday. Um, I was watching ESPN and they were talking about that. They were talking about Philip Rivers, and what's he going to do? Is he going to move? You know, is he going to move or is he going to take the drive, you know, back after the games? I mean, or is he just going to move and then, you know, because his kids and everybody is settled in San Diego, 
So they yeah. were talking about that. But uh, but I, I think, though, listen, I think that that the the crazy things have happened. The, be- the things, though, you know, for your football team, and I feel bad for teams that, are, that are, have to change. I, I'll tell you this right now. I'm not a proponent of change. I don't like change. Unless it's – it depends. It has to be a really good change. But, like, but I, I think that everybody got caught up with this L.A. – this L.A. fever. I mean, look at look at uh, E Entertainment. Okay, they're doing they're running a, a whole. I don't know if you know about it, but they're running a whole thing, a reality show based on based on the Rams moving to L.A. So I guess maybe I guess maybe they want to get back. They want to get L.A. back to where it was. You know, remember in the Naked Gun movies, I love L.A. I think they're trying to get L.A. back to a big a big uh, a big market again. Yeah, I think they're taking a big chance because I have a feeling this ain't gonna work. I have a feeling one of these yeah, I mean, listen, that's a right, and then and then you know what's gonna uh, look look. It's a, it's 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 funny because St. Louis lost the Rams, boom, right to L.A. Okay, I have a lot of people, I have a lot of friends out in, uh, out in St. Louis that are very upset. Okay, it just goes back. It just makes me it makes me upset when teams owners. The NFL and and any even with the Mets and the Yankees, it pissed me off that in 2008, the, yeah, the Mets and the Yankees they got some great stadiums, but what I would have loved to have seen was retractable roofs or or a dome or something, you know, because I I just that's that's how I was thinking because that's that way one there'll never be a rain out and two you know what I'm saying they'll never have to make up games and three you could do anything in those. You know, you could do anything in those um, stadiums. You know. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, but but let me ask you something else. I got one more thing for you. Sure. So on a different note, on a different note, what do you think of uh, the whole? What do you think of the Derrick Rose situation? Not showing up this week and doing a game and stuff. Well, Derrick. Yeah. Well, the problem is, is that Derrick Rose didn't show up um, due to a family issue, but the problem is that he didn't even let the team know. That's the whole thing. I mean, you know, well, yeah, and that's, that, that's you know, if you're not going to show up, listen, if you're not going to show up, if you're not going to show up, it's like, it's like, it, and, and people use this in life, Anthony, and you know this, when you're, when you're at work and you got a guy that you can count on and he don't show up because he says, you know, something happened. Um, you know, you're like, why, why weren't you at work? You know, where were you? I needed you today. Oh, well, something got wrong with my personal life. And then you find out that, that his grandmother died about five times. So, you know what, you're ready to let him go. But the, my point to the whole thing is, is that Derek Rose should have at least, you know, I, I'm not going to read into it because the media is making a mess of it already. But as far as I'm concerned, that's my player right there. If I'm Jeff Hornacek, I'll do anything to to uh, you know to 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 get it together and tell him. Listen, well, I'm sure he got fine, and I'm sure that you know precautions were taken there. But you know that's 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 all I got on that. That's all I have on that topic. Well, the Knicks are a mess right now too. So on top of that, so well, hey, but that's but listen, that's that's neither that's that's always going to happen, no matter what team I root for. It's gonna be a mess. It's gonna be a mess. So you know what? Listen, as long as the Knicks, you know, the Knicks' big problem is is that they have all these horses 
They just don't have the pieces. To, they don't have it. The defense, they need to get guys that can play D. Well, that's they the need biggest to, thing, you know, the defense. The defense well, and that's right, and that's why I say you go out, you get a couple other, you know, situations, you make some trades, you make some deals, you don't trade away the big piece to the whole picture because you do that and the offense is going to be really screwed up. You gotta, you gotta think smart, play smart, and I think the only way, to, my the heart only way hearts, to build this team the right way, though, is to start it over. This team's not going to win. But, this team's well, not going to win. They've proven it over the last right, few years. But you know, right? But you know what, though? But you know what, though? I've seen teams. I've seen teams worse than this, and you know. I, my thing is that this. Was this much if talent, they, though. they had talent. Yeah, they but listen, games. there were there were teams there were teams years ago where they had all that talent and they didn't know how. Again, some sometimes they didn't know yeah, how to, to put it together. I mean, yeah, but you know what? Is, but you know what? Though the biggest problem, you know what the biggest problem with the Knicks is Phil Jackson. He's the one who has to go more than anybody. Well, I like Phil Jackson. I like Phil Jackson. I I think. Uh, I like Phil. I like Phil Jackson. I mean, uh, I don't know why. You know, Phil, done listen, listen. I like Phil Jackson. Still, I still like him. Yeah, but you know what though? I like Phil Jackson, and I and I think it. So why? And I think it. Uh, you like him for his past when he coached Jordan, Kobe, no, and Jack. No, I don't like him for his past. I don't want. No, that's that'd be, that would be wrong. That would be that would be wrong. By the way. I'm just saying, I don't like him for his past. You know why I don't like him for his past? Because Phil Jackson and I always butted heads. Phil Jackson was always the guy that was on the other side when I was trying to get ahead, and I was stuck because he had Jordan. He had those guys. So I like him because of what he's doing now. He's bringing in players. He's doing the right thing. He's making deals. He's trying to get us, you know, and and also don't forget we have an owner that's also he's vetoing the wrong stuff deal. he's oh, doing. That's, the, that's my yeah, point. But you know what? But you know, yeah, but you know what, though? He's making the deals that he thinks is right I mean, for the organization. Noah, and Noah, four years was a horrible move. It was a horrible move. But listen, that's – but again, the guy, the only the guy, the guy yeah, last two years. He's breaking yeah, down. Yeah, but let's see how – Anthony, let's see how it plays out. I mean, that's how I think. I, we got to – you know, you could you could make all the deals that you that you want. And you could say everything that you want. At the end of the day, the owner has the right to veto it. I like Phil Jackson. I think Phil Jackson's a good a good general manager. He's proven it to me. Let's see how it how it goes. And then also you got to understand how does he prove it to you? He hasn't done anything as a general manager. To, me, to you, he, he's made the play. Right to you, he, right to you, he hasn't done it. To me, for me, and my vision of the next he has. The only thing that I want to see. The only thing that I Your want to see is a lot different than mine, Mikey. Yeah, well, I'm sure it is. Listen, all visions are. I mean, listen, you know, all visions are. But the bottom line is this: if the Knicks, if the Knicks uh, get rid of the general manager, which would be a horrible move at this at this time, um, they're going to bring in someone else, and then he's got to go and get the players. The bottom line is this: you put the players on the on, on the floor, the players have to play. The coach has to coach, just like Jeff Horner said. He's, he's a new coach for the Knicks. You know what I'm saying? And he's got to prove himself, too. That's what the Knicks Oh, I agree. He's got to prove himself, you know, too. And, that, and that's what it is. But you know what? You can't pin everything. Listen, you can't pin everything on the 
the uh, general manager. It's not going to work out. Well, yeah, out the one putting the team together, so you got to put it on him, unfortunately. Yeah, but also the owners, the one Dolan is there. The, the owners are the no, ones. No, Dolan's that right. are Joe Jackson's making all the decisions, though. That's why he's there. He's getting $8 million a year. Well, that's what decisions. I'm. But that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. And so if you and the decisions ain't the working. Old, yeah, but you know what? So that's that. Whether it does or it doesn't work, and the next. But you that's like what? that any sport, Mike. If your if your moves don't work, you you know you're considered a failing. I mean, in any team, any franchise, any well, other I mean, GM. Look at Rex I mean, Ryan, listen. right? He got fired. He wasn't a bad coach, but he got fired because the team was success. I thought the GM. Well, but you, you know, said he GM. shouldn't have been. Yeah, but you also said he shouldn't have been a coach. Fired. Then. I don't think right. He have been no, fired no, no, no. I said that's not what I said. That's not what I said. I I think I think Rex Ryan. I think Rex Ryan should have been fired. I said no. What I said was. You said that Rex Ryan should have never been a head coach, you said. You said that Rex Ryan should have never been a head coach. Somebody said it, that he should have never I been never a head coach. I never said he should have been a head coach. Somebody did because they said that he is a defensive coach and should just stay a defensive uh, coach, coordinator. Well, he's, you know he's what I'm clearly saying? is a better defensive coordinator. That's, that's what, what I'm saying, saying than a coach. Right, than a head coach. But right. It just didn't work my, out my thing, Now he moved right, on. Right, but you know so. what, though? Yeah, but you know what, though? Listen, when Rex Ryan came in, he was telling us what's going to happen and, and how he sees the future. You know, Charles McDermott is telling us what he thinks and how, and you know, and what he has to do. And, we, you know, we have a lot of issues that we have to fix. Rex Ryan did a really good job as far as, you know, he made the moves that he thought were efficient. The problem is that Terry Pagula has other visions for this team, and he sees us going into a different um, di- direction. Uh, do, did yeah, I so like we'll Rex? Yeah. We'll see what I was going to say, did I like? I was going to say, did I like? Did I like? Did I like in the in the beginning? No. Yeah. Because I was afraid that he would. Because I was afraid that he was going to do the same thing that he did in New York. But did I respect Rex? Yes. Did I like him now? Yes. But it's time to move on. We two years, and now we move on. Now we have Sean McDermott, and we see where you know we see where it goes. And, and but as far as the Knicks, but going back to the Knicks, though, man, I think, and this is my my thing. Whether the Knicks are bad, they're great. You love them, you hate them. They still feel that they still MSG. I still can't get a ticket. Magic Mike can't get a ticket. And I, well, that's, why they go to the game. that's why they can rebuild easy to Knicks. They could trade these guys yeah, and rebuild so, they're still going to sell out some but, no matter what. That's a, and, and that's the whole thing. But you take away my, you take away some of my players. Hey, listen, I, I agree with a lot okay. of stuff that you said today. I, I was going to say I agree with a lot of stuff that you said today. I, but when it comes to when it comes to the heart of the matter, I think the heart of the matter is this. You go in there, you play hard, you, you show, you know what I'm saying? You get on the boards, you do what you have to do. You try to you try to tell the guys, hey, try to take these shots, take these shots, and do what you have to do. The problem, too, is the age, too. A lot of the young teams are going to beat the Knicks because the Knicks players are old. And I want to see what happens in the, in the draft as well, and I want to see what the Knicks do and how our futures bonded and stuff. I agree with what you said about giving Noah four years, but you know what? We got to see how this plays out. And me being a Knicks fan, me living, not only living in New York, because all my teams are all over the place, but me being a Knicks fan, this is the time where I'm watching the team and I'm focused because football is gone. 
for me. Hockey is yeah. not even an issue for hockey is not even an issue for me. I have yet yeah, to no, watch an Islander game. I have yet to been able to watch an Islander game. I don't even know what's going on with the, with the Islanders because I've been so busy with my dad and everything on that end. Yeah, but no, I hear you. That's how I, like, I that's how I look at it. But thank you for having me again today. Uh, you yeah, know, tell uh, yeah, thanks tell tell on, my boys if you, you if you have. I was gonna say if you have um. A couple, like, if you have due to Brown, tell him I said, hey, he, they did a great job. The Giants, baby, wonderful job. And tell PDV, I said, the, that, uh, what do you call it, the Oakland Raiders did a good job. And also, you guys had a really good season, too, 10-6. and six. Next Thank year, you. you're probably going to do good in the playoffs as well. But that's all I got for now. Tune in to right. Magic uh, Pro Wrestling. I was going to say tune in to Pro Wrestling now with Magic Mike Ferrara. I'm here. I, my new low, my new slogan. I'm here. I'm there. I'm everywhere. All right. Have thanks, a good Mike. Saturday, Anthony. Thank thanks for thanks for having me. Thank you, Magic Mike Ferrara, calling in. Padman was on hold. I'm not sure if he's calling back. PD's coming on shortly. I got to say, Mike, your, your view of of of, of, a win, of what you want for a basketball team is a lot different than mine. Because I don't want a team out there just because they're named if they're losing. The Knicks need a rebuild. It's clear as day. They need to move Carmelo. They need to move on and build around Porzingis the right way. Or, or the team's just good. all they're doing is delaying the rebuild. That's all they're doing, trying for a quick fix. Rose ain't a long-term answer. Noah ain't a long-term answer. And uh, so yeah, you know these guys. It's time to to move on and go in a different direction. So. We'll see what happens there. So I'm going to take a quick commercial, and then when I come back, shortly PDV will be joining us. We'll be going over the NFL, and then uh, we'll talk. We're going to be doing a lot of playoffs. We'll talk about last week's games, this week's games. We'll talk some Clemson, Alabama as well. So we'll PD will be on in about ten minutes. We'll be doing all of that right now. I don't know what's going on with this thing right here, but I also want to give a quick shout out to. Uh, my man Dave Ragney, who, who runs this Totally Driven Entertainment Network, he's a big part of uh, everything we do here. He's the reason. He's the reason we have a platform to talk, you know, to to do the show on every week. So I want to give a shout out to Dave to thank him. I've approached in a year on my show, you know, my 50th show is just two weeks away, and you know, with Bay, without Bay giving me the opportunity, I wouldn't be here. So I definitely want to thank Bay. I do want to give a couple other shout-outs as well to the Big Weenie because he's another reason I'm here right now. As he got me when he had the Big Weenie show, and I used to come on the show and do a sports report, and he got me on the show as well, you know, being a big part of the show. And, and uh, Magic Mike, who I used to always go on his wrestling show before I had my show as well. So definitely a shout-out to, to these guys. And obviously Coco and Wee Wee as well. Without Coco and Wee Wee, I wouldn't be here either. So... Coco and Wee got the big weenie on here in the network, and then the big weenie got me, so it all started there. So definitely uh, thank you. And, you know, expecting uh, my 50th show, I'm going to have a few exciting guests, including Coco Wee is going to be coming on the show, the big weenie. So we're going to have some people coming on the show for my 50th show. Bay Ragney will be calling in, you know, all the usual Magic Mike, the Met Roundtable, Voodoo Brown, obviously PDV, so we'll have a big, uh, a big uh, 
the 50th show in two weeks. It should be a lot of fun. We'll have a couple of surprises, working on a couple of big guests as well. So that's going to be a lot of fun. So I'm going to take a quick commercial break, and then when I come back, we're going to get right into the NFL playoffs. Attention business owners, website owners, event promoters, or anyone looking to promote your product. The Totally Driven Entertainment Radio Network is the perfect way to spread the word of your business around the world. That's right. You can advertise at our network and be played on all of our shows at rates that are so cheap. It's a no-brainer. For more information, contact Bay Ragney at bayragney at gmail.com. To keep your business driven, stay driven with Totally Driven Entertainment. Are you a fan of Sherlock Holmes? Letters from Holmes offers unique, one-of-a-kind letters from the world-famous detective himself. Handwritten on 8.5-inch by 11-inch aged parchment paper and using smudge-free ink to produce original, high-quality letters that fans will treasure for years to come. Each letter is handcrafted and written from the perspective of Sherlock Holmes, mimicking Holmes's native tongue and embracing many of the famous detective's quirks, quips, insults and peculiarities. Order a love letter, birthday greeting, personal correspondence or more only at www.etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash letters from homes. For $5 today, you can buy a wealth of things. Gas for your car, rent a movie for the family, a few slices of pizza. $5 still takes you a long ways. But did you know that $5 can buy your child a bag of heroin in the streets? That's right. For only $5, your son or daughter can buy some of the cheapest and purest dope in the country. Be aware of the lies. Be aware of the stealing. Be aware that's all it takes to kill your child. $5. This message was brought to you by Casey's Cause, a group of parents located in southern Chester County out to save your child's life. Come join us today at www.caseyscause.com. And remember, $5 is all it takes. Casey's Cause, www.caseyscause.com. Looking for that perfect gift for your ghoul friend? Then look no further than Teddy Scares. Teddy Scares are available in a variety of styles, sizes, and prices for all your shopping needs. Teddy Scares are a mix of cute and creepy to make a great gift for almost any age. Board up your windows, lock your doors, and log on to teddyscares.com. And be sure to become our friends at facebook.com slash teddyscares. Calling all comic book fans. Do you collect comics? Did you ever collect comics? Do you think your children might like reading comic books? Do you even know they still print real, paper, non-digital comic books? Well, then visit the Pirates of Ontario Street Comics in Philadelphia. We have a massive collection of comic books, action figures, trading cards, and much more. We have one of the largest stocks of back-issue comics in the area. We bag and board every new comic book at no extra charge. Our stores voted the best comic book shop in the 2013 PHL 17 Hot List Contest. Part of the movie Unbreakable is filmed in our store. We are open seven days a week. Ontario Street Comics is located at 2235 East Ontario Street in the Port Richmond section of Philly. Our phone number is 215-288-7338. Type in the words Ontario Comics Philadelphia to check out our Wacky Stories page on Facebook. Welcome back to the Mojo Sports Show. So, first hour in the books, we did a lot of... Uh, a lot of you know, we went really around the league. I mean, we did a lot of NBA. We did some football. We did some baseball. Did a little, a little hockey sprinkled in there. Now, we're going forward. We're going to do some football for the next hour, hour and a half. You know, for the majority of the rest of the show, probably be, you know, it's going to be NFL playoffs. May sprinkle in a few other things, but 
definitely a lot of football. Definitely call in. Anybody wants to talk, PDD is going to be calling in. So you want to call in and talk some football, 718-508-9883. And today you got two, two uh, divisional round games today. you got Seattle at Atlanta, which should be a great game, I think. I think it's going to be a highly competitive game. And you have tonight, New England, Houston tonight, which should be a, you know, a game that you, know, you expect New England to pound them out of the stadium, I would think, 16-point favorites. The only way Houston could stay in this game is if Clowney has one of these unbelievable games. So let's, let's call it what it is. I know we people bet on Clowney for being a bust the first couple of years. Right now, Clowney is a beast. Clowney's one of the more dominant defensive players in the league right now. So he's really developed nice. And with Watts' injury, obviously Houston needed that. And, and Clowney has really stepped up and become the, the stud everybody thought he was when he came out of college. This is what we thought he was supposed to be, right? So Clowney's living up to his expectations. And then obviously tomorrow, I said before, the Pittsburgh-Kansas City game has been moved from 1 o'clock to 8.20 due to an ice, a pending ice storm tonight into tomorrow morning in Kansas City. So they moved the game to 8.20 tomorrow night. And then obviously the Green Bay-Dallas game now will be the first game. That, like I think it's at 4.40, the Green Bay-Dallas game. So that's definitely uh, – tomorrow you've got two great games. I think today you definitely have one great game. I hope – the New England game will be close, but you can't have too much confidence that their game's going to be close. So we'll see what happens there. But Houston's definitely got their work cut out for them if they're going to, you know, stay in this game, obviously, you know, tonight. Now, can anybody beat New England in the AFC? Can Pittsburgh or Kansas City beat New England? That's the question. And a lot of people think Kansas City has – I think Pittsburgh has a better shot, personally, just because of their big three. You've seen – Last week, now listen, Miami's defense is banged up. But you've seen when that, the big three are healthy, what they could do in a game. And, you know, I'm going to get into some of the, the game. We're going to break when, you know, especially when Pete called in, Allen will probably be calling in today. So when, when they call in, we'll definitely talk a little more about the Pitt-Miami game from last week. Obviously, we're going to talk about the Green Bay Giants game, which the Giants played Great for a half. It looked like the Giants had a good shot, especially even early in the season. They made it 14-13 even, and then they stopped Green Bay on fourth and one. I thought right there was a chance that the Giants had maybe have to take in control there. And, you know, something, you know, obviously it didn't work out, but, you know, Green Bay, Rod, let's face reality, Rodgers just became a master at the end of that game. And that second half, he, every pass was perfect. I mean, Rodgers just couldn't miss the pass. And couple that with some giant draws. And, like, you know, people all year they're not going to Giants has been their offense. It hasn't been, you know, it hasn't been their defense. Their defense played great, and their defense played great for a half. I mean, Rodgers, at one point, Rodgers was doing nothing late in the second quarter. And then all of a sudden it all came together. So, but we're going to get into this now with my man, PDV. Time to play the game! <laughs> <laughs> it's all about the game, and how you play it's all about your throat, and if you can take it, all about your death, and if you can play it, it's all about pain, and who's gonna make it? I am the game, you 
Hold on, man. How you doing? All right. How's it going? All right. Here we are in the divisional round of the playoffs this week. So what's your first take before we – we'll get into last week's games in a minute. Actually, before we even get into the games, I wanted to ask you, so what do you think about, in your opinion, the potential about the move for the Raiders to, to Vegas? Are you Do you like it or you, do you not? What do you think about that? Well, they belong in Oakland, but if they can't make it happen in Oakland, you know, then, then I guess Vegas is, a, I guess, a good place. But you know what? The NFL will fight the Raiders uh, left to right. They always they lay down for teams like the Rams and the Chargers to move to L.A. I don't know what the I, I don't know what the Chargers have done in their in their, in their franchise history to to be put put more importance than the Raiders, you know. You know, to me, if you know the Raiders are a flagship franchise of this league, and you let a, you know, you let a, you know, a, a peon like the like the Chargers, you know, jump ahead of them to to, to move to LA, to me, it makes no sense. Yeah, and I, yeah, I'm amazed that the Chargers are moving, and I'm amazed that the Raiders would be moving because you know what? I mean, here you are. You just moved to Oakland back a few years ago, like. You know why? Why would they agree to move back there? Like if you know, even the NFL let them to do this. If there's a chance they're not going to stay there that long, like. Well, in the stadium, LA, they, they in LA to get two teams, but LA couldn't even keep one team. Now they got two teams. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I know. Too. Yeah, you know, Mr. Davis has to pony up some money, which he's willing to do, but. You know, Oakland has to pony up some money too. You know, you know there has to be some sort of partnership. You know that Las Vegas is willing to uh, provide that that you know Oakland's not willing to provide. To me, this is just more. You know, until they move to Vegas, they're still Oakland Raiders. To me, this is just to to provide leverage to Oakland uh, to pony up some money for a new stadium. But what do you think? I mean, why can't the NFL help them? Help these teams? I mean, it only makes sense. The NFL I mean, wishes to be. Yeah, it makes sense, but you know what? I guess the, I guess the the Raiders and the you know Oakland don't want a, 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 you know another partner, you know because you know once the once the NFL ponies up money, they don't let you, they're not going to let you say okay here we'll pay it back to you. No, they want to be a partner. You know they they always got yeah. their hands out. Yeah, it's amazing. It really is. Yeah, like uh, the Rams, right? And the Rams can't even sell out games. And the Rams can't even sell out games. 
they they need to they need, I don't want them to play in an indoor you know generic uh, stadium you know with a you know no weather you know playing on artificial turf to me that's not football that's uh you know that that's arena football you know even even these yeah, NFL teams yeah. all of them Detroit Minnesota they just play, build new stadiums it's they play they play arena football on uh. You know, if, you know, it's fake. It's too generic to me. I, I don't like, I don't enjoy watching indoor games no matter where it is. You know, for, for some reason, Atlanta too. Atlanta can't, you know, they're building a new stadium. How come they can't build an outdoor stadium? Instead, yeah, they want to yeah. build a, a generic, uh, you know, a generic building, you know, that, that, a, that a football team happens to play in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. Football should be played outdoors. You know, you have some domes already exist, but why, if you're going to build another stadium, why build another dome? Like Minnesota did, right? I mean. Yeah, Minnesota, Detroit. I mean, yeah. Seattle woke up. Look at them now. They they play outdoors. They have elements. Now, you know, you know they've always had a good home field advantage, but now their team, you know, is a perennial powerhouse, you know, and they have the yeah. to me, one of the best-looking stadiums in, you know, best-looking stadiums in the league. Yeah. And you know, it's just yeah. I, I don't get it. I don't. I don't. I don't like this whole relocating stuff. I'm not a fan of it. No, it's another thing. You know, the the the, the, the Raiders of the, the NFL is going to say, okay, yeah, move to um, move to Vegas. Now they're going to say, hey, yeah, you can move to Vegas, but you know what? We want two hundred and fifty million dollar relocation fee. So you know what? It's all business. It's all big business. You know, yeah. you know the fans, they, the the poor Oakland Raider fans, they get trampled upon. You know, the people that live out there that go to the games, you know, they're, they're the ones yeah, yeah. that are paying the price for this crap. True. All right, so now looking back, looking at uh, last week's games, obviously it was a disappointing weekend for me, you, Dudu Brown. We all lost last weekend. The only one who won last weekend was Allen in Pittsburgh. And uh, so let's just – we'll look at the game last week quick. Obviously, we'll start off with your, your Raiders with a tough loss. You know, obviously, 27-14. Yeah, it was really well. Uh, you know, I mean, they, they, they started the game – The quarterback was the issue there, clearly. Yeah, I but mean, you know what? You know what? They, 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 they played – I didn't like the first three drives. You know, you uh, – too many screen passes. Too many. This guy throw. You got to throw the ball downfield. That's been that. That's been their identity all year. And you go in with this conservative uh, play calling, and it uh, you know, backfires. You, you, you throw too many screens. You know, they, they basically threw the ball to, to, to Clowney. You know, and uh, you know, it's to me. You throw the ball downfield. You go with your normal great game plan. If you know, if you, if you lose, you lose. You you go down. You go down firing the way. You know the way the way you've played all year. I mean, they don't. I mean, they mix in screen passes here and there, but they're not a big screen pass team. Yeah, I mean, Cooper can't have two catches for ten yards. He just can't. You know, yeah. you, you can't you can't win like that. Crabtree only had two catches for thirty three yards. Yeah, and a big drop too. Another big drop. Yeah. But you know what? You know what though? There's a third string quarterback. From what I understand, they haven't even heard this guy's cadence until the game, till uh, the game in Denver. So. I mean, yeah, I heard that You lose your backup quarterback. Then your third string rookie quarterback was playing. He was making his first start in a, a playoff game. 
you know, you, you, you know, for some reason we all picked them to win, but uh, you know, it wasn't uh yeah, and Osweiler, all of a sudden, he'll throw an interception. Yeah, this piece of shit has his, his only good game of his career against the Raiders, of course, yeah. in the playoff game. Yeah. A, 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 yeah. A, steaming pile, a steaming pile of shit beat the Raiders. Hopkins, where, Hopkins, where were you all year? I don't even care about that. Rock was a, a big, tall, steaming pile of shit, and they let this guy throw the ball all over the fucking field. And listen, they held Houston under 300 yards of offense, you know? Oh, well, yeah, you know what? You know, every third and seven, when he's getting the first down, making perfect passes, you know, what are you going to do? A piece of shit. You know, a piece but, of shit beat them. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, that, that's the thing more than anything. This guy is the free agent yeah, this guy couldn't, uh, you know. But listen, you got it, it's very optimistic. You're very optimistic. You're going to next year. You'll have call back. I'm, actually, I'm not optimistic. very optimistic. How am I going to be optimistic? Uh, they had one good year in a decade, and, and they lost their quarterback the one good year before the playoffs. I'm well, not optimistic at all. Carry over. This should be able to carry over, though. <laughs> no, no, it's no, 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 that stuff's not that. I can see easily see them going two and fourteen next year. Why not? No. Why not? This car's too good for that. He ain't gonna let them go two or fourteen. Well, part of being good and being great is to stay healthy. So he's already failed in that. Uh, start. We start all over next year. He's got to. He's to me. He's got the, the whole team's got to prove themselves all over again because I'm not. I'm not in this happy go happy happy touchy feeling type of deal where. Uh, I'm, I'm waving my pom pom, saying my Raiders are going to go 14 and two, but that that's just not the case. You know, so who would be, in your mind, who who's free agents on the Raiders that you think who, you know that should be back, and who would be gone, like as the bigger names? But it, you know, who's their biggest free agents? I should say. I think Murray's. I think Murray's a free agent, but they can franchise. I mean, I don't think they're going to franchise him because he's, you know, he'd be severely overpaid. But if he wants to agree to a you know, a deal, I mean, uh, to a normal deal, you know, to, an, to a fair deal, I'm sure he'll, he'll stay. I, I'm sure they'll uh, they'll cut Penn again and try hope to re-sign him to a, to a lesser contract because they always do that to him. And he'll come and sign a good contract. But, uh, you know, everybody else is basically, all the big players are basically signed for the next few years. I mean, that's, that's that was the great thing about the Raiders. You have a team... You had a team that was, uh, you know, a young team that was all signed for years to come. You know, pretty soon, uh, pretty soon, Carr's gonna take up a big piece of that. Uh, he's gonna be off his rookie deal, and he's gonna take yeah, off. Yeah, good... Murray's an unrestricted free agent, Murray. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I thought he was. Yeah, but uh, yeah, you know, pretty soon you're gonna have Carr taking up a big pop, big portion of that cap, and you know, and it's gonna. You know, it's not going to be the same. This is a year that they had a they they could keep a good team around them, and you know, and that, uh, hopefully compete for a Super Bowl, and you know, and it just went down in flames. Well, so, what would be your first round pick? What are you going for if you're the GM of the Raiders? What what position are you oh, looking at? Oh, player available. I I don't care what position it is. Well, you know, I'm not even you know I'm not even close to even being in draft mode, but uh. Yeah, probably the best play, play for, if I had my if I had my pick of what I would would want, I'd probably go for a cornerback. You know, 
Okay, you get a good, yeah. good cornerback on the, uh, you know, if there's a good cornerback or me, I always, um, the two positions I always want to draft in the first round, or uh, they never do, is cornerback and offensive line. I, I also think, um, I also think the other cornerback, Hayden's a free agent too, because yeah, they, uh, Hayden, I remember, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and he had pretty, he had an okay year before he got hurt. Maybe they resign him and maybe, you know, maybe they resign him and, uh, you know, but to me, you don't stop there. You got to keep, you know, you got to keep trying to improve oh, the right, second yeah, down. Yeah, I know. The other Haydens. Yeah, I mean, in the draft, you got a lot of more out there, right? Table, Quincy Wilson, Marlon Humphrey. So there's some decent, you know, we're obviously some really good corners. Florida, Ohio State, Alabama corners, Clemson, Tankersley. Yeah, you know, so. the, the thing is now, we're not picking 15 anymore. I think we picked 27 or 28, uh, you know. Uh, so the NFL will come up, come up with a, with a rule where, where uh, if you have the same record, the Raiders, the Raiders, they take the Raiders first round then because of too many penalties or whatever. Or something. <laughs> the NFL try try anything. All right, and um, yeah. so and right and Houston, like just quick on Houston, like so my Clowney, I was mentioning earlier, right? Clowney is just all of a sudden, right? I mean, like boom, here he is, right? He's really uh, he's been a big reason for Houston's success. Yeah, you know what, but you know what, he's another guy. You got to come out and play every game. You can't choose when you're going to be dominant. If you're going to be do- if you're going to be a great player, you got to play every game the same way. You know, you got to has to be some consistency there. But uh, yeah, yeah, he's had a, he's had a good year. You know, it'll be interesting what what they do with him next year with uh with JJ Watt back. Are they going to keep him in the same position, or are they going to move him back to linebacker, which would be the dumbest thing I ever dumbest thing in these 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 GMs, these teams do is when they they get a good good outside pass rusher and they move him to linebacker. I just don't understand it. So we'll see what they do next year with him when JJ uh, Watt is back and whether he's going to have the same impact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's definitely interesting. I mean, if he is, I mean, imagine both of them on each end. That'd be pretty scary if, yeah, if he's playing uh, at this level with Watt on the team. All right. So now Seattle blew, you know, blew out. Detroit, although the game was pretty close getting going into the fourth quarter, but you never really had the feeling Seattle was going to lose that game to Detroit last week. I was saying oh, no, yeah. two, uh, two touchdowns. Walls had to, and you know, I have to point this out before we go any further that you did say on the show last week when we predicted who could be a sleeper player of the weekend. Thomas Walls. Yeah, so you got to get PD his due on that one. He hit that one on the head with Thomas Walls, 161 yards and a touchdown last week. So a big win. Obviously, Stafford did all he could for Detroit this year. I mean, he had a great year for them. I don't think he ever recovered from that finger injury he got, you know, like in week 10 or week 11, I think it was. I mean, he wasn't the same quarterback after that injury. But, listen, Detroit had a, a better year than anybody expected. So I don't think Detroit could and really – it's, uh, it's a tough injury, too, if you're a quarterback. Yeah. So – so that's that's the that's that. Then Sunday, Pittsburgh over Miami. Obviously disappointed, but listen, Miami is another team. They got further than I expected this year. Obviously, you don't like to lose in the playoffs, but you know they had a banged up team too. But Pittsburgh was just too much offensively, especially early. Miami almost made it a game at the end of the half. That fumble was huge. The two fumbles and and coming yeah. into the second half, that second fumble, man. If they were able to put up points in those two. Uh, 
drives, you would have had a, we had a much different game, I think. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely the plays of the game with those two fumbles, without a doubt. And then the next possession after that, he threw the interception. So those three turnovers were really the whole game right there. But like you said, the moment at the end of that half, that fumble, they had all the momentum. It was twenty to six. They bounced. They were down twenty to nothing. They were about to make it twenty to thirteen, and then he fumbled, or at least twenty to nine. He fumbled. Can't fumble there. It was a miscommunication on the line. Bad play by Brandon Albert, but you got to throw the ball. And to me, with two timeouts there, you got to even think of running the ball there. Two timeouts with twenty seconds left, you have time to run a ball, run the ball from the seventy-yard line. You know, yeah, or even, or even take a gimme play in the middle of the field and call your timeout. You didn't have to throw the ball to the sideline. Yeah, to roll out, and you're, you're not 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 see your blind side while you're rolling out to the right, and then just get you know Harrison just seems like he never ages the guy either. You know, made great play too. Yeah, Paul and made great play. He made two plays. He made the two plays, and then so I'll say one thing about the game though. Obviously, Pittsburgh's firepower was clearly too much for Miami. But I'm going to say one thing about the game for sure is that Matt Moore, i got to give him credit. The guy has heart, man. Because the guy was taking a beating and he kept coming. You know, i got to give the guy credit. Cause that hit he took, took that brutal, I thought he was out for shot. the game after that one. Yeah, that was a brutal, you know, that was a brutal shot in the NFL, really. Uh, yeah, I, I would like to see them. When they when you have a defensive player take liberties with a quarterback like that, I think they should have the right to just throw him out of the game. I mean, you, yeah. you're making a play that that could severely impact the game. You know, you yeah. think you know, Miami would have had to go to their, their third-string quarterback, you know, and you severely impact the game if you, you know, when you take a cheap shot like that. And it was a cheap shot. It was. I mean, the guy led with his head, left his feet, and he, there was no reason to him. He's falling down as he threw it anyway. And, you know, it, it was just uh, to come back. I thought he was gone. I'm, I'm over there looking. I'm like, Tyler Yates, oh, my God. I got Tyler Yates going. But Bell is a beast. Listen, Bell is a beast. You know, Brown obviously had the two plays earlier. Another thing I didn't understand, why McCain started over Howard. Okay, Howard's way their best corner, especially with Maxwell out. And then yeah, they got beat. Him and Lippitt, McCain and Lippitt got beat for the two touchdowns. Then he put Howard on Brown, and then Brown had 20 yards the rest of the game. It made no sense why he didn't start the game on. I'm not saying he would have stopped him and Brown was still going to hit a big play. But just saying, like, why? I, I didn't get that. That would be a reason for it, but I didn't get it. But other than yeah. that, listen, I'm happy. It's been a good. It was a good season. Obviously, I thought we could have played a better, you know, a little closer. But hey, you got a lot of backups, backup quarterback, and backup players. It's hard to beat a team, especially with that firepower. Like hey, at least your team lost team. to a real quarterback and not a not a steaming pile of shit. I mean, uh, Ben Roethlisberger is a is a Hall of Famer, you yeah. know, and you can't. He's a real player. Yeah, no. I lost to a, a fake player, so. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Miami got a lot of money in free agency, so uh, and they got the, you know, picks, so I think they should be in good shape as far as, and I like with Gase, I you know, can't help, you got to love with Gase, what they got with Gase, so, I, you know, I'm pretty happy with him as a coach, so, so, I think that, you know, they're going in the right direction, hopefully it, it continues. Like you said, even when we talk about the Raiders, nothing's guaranteed for next year, everything in the NFL can change in a hurry, so, you just got to hope, you know, your team does the right things and you can keep moving forward, you know. So we'll see what happens there. But then also you had the Packers-Giant game, which was another game 
it was closer than the final score, 38-13, to 13, until obviously Rodgers was just unstoppable in the second half, put up 24 points. But for the first half of the Giants did a good job defensively. Obviously, Beckham had the big drops that everybody made a big deal about this week. Shepard had a couple of big drops as well. But uh, the Giants, well, once Rodgers put it together, the Giants offense didn't expect to get into shootouts anymore. And once Rodgers started piling up the points, obviously the Hail Mary at the end of the half was a huge play as well. So who do you think? Who are your thoughts on the game? Uh, I mean, isn't that that's the second Hail Mary in this? In, it's two two Hail Marys in consecutive uh, playoff games. I mean, I mean, he's yeah. had a couple in the, the season too. I mean, you just you, how could you let the guy get behind you? I just don't understand it. The ball landed right in his hands. He wasn't even a tip drill. To me, that's, yeah, that, that was, like, was the right? he just like put his two feet right on the sideline, like tippy toed it and caught it, like boom, perfect, like. And to me, and to me, um, what's the giant? Make, what's his, what's the Giants coach, the rookie coach? He, um, he, he I mean, all year, all year, yeah, McAdoo, all year on fourth down, he's going for it. To me, I mean, they had the horrible play where they 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 handed the ball third and three to the to the scat back, and he didn't, and they stopped him. To me, I I I almost knew. I thought, you know what, they're going for it. I said, it's just two down territory if they don't get it. I mean. I think it was at the 40-yard line or something, and, and, you know, and I thought they would go for it. You know, I thought he'd, you know, re- remain aggressive like he's been all year. Uh, you know, to me, not, I mean, I'm not, I'm not ripping him for punting the ball because to me, I mean, that's the good play. But, you know, you're sending your team, a, uh, you know, a message, you, you know, that, you, you know, that, you know you, you've, you've done things the whole year one way, and in the playoffs, you know, you – um. You punt the ball. I mean, I almost, I, I was positive they were going to go for it on fourth down. But, you know, I could be wrong in the field position. Maybe it was on their 40 and not on Green Bay's 40. Probably was because they set them up in pretty decent field position for the, for the Hail Mary. But, um, yeah, you know, yeah. You know, you know, I guess Green Bay was the better team. You know, I, I, they, they didn't exploit their uh, secondary like I thought they would. You know, Green Bay, and, you know, you're not going to run the ball in Green Bay, although the Giants did a decent job. To me, that's Green Bay. Green Bay's, uh, besides Rodgers, Green Bay's two, uh, two um, best, you know, best positions are their defensive line and their uh, offensive line, other than Rodgers. You know, and, uh, and to me, um, you know, I thought that the Giants would have make big, bigger plays, more, many more bigger plays in the secondary. That's why I said I'd be shocked at the lost the game. Yeah, I got to be but honest, too. And early, early on, Eli looked good. He was making good throws. They had the drops hurt them early, right? The Beckham drop in the end zone. You got to catch that ball. I mean, you're a big-time receiver. You got to make that play. That's, you know, that's right in your hands. You know what I mean? And and Shepard dropped one. And Although, I thought the Shepard dropped touchdown. And, you know, I thought the defensive player made a good play on that ball, knocking it out of his hand. I, I thought, you know, I know Shepard, they were saying he dropped the touchdown. But I thought that was a really good play by the defensive player on that play. But, you know, obviously the Beckham drops are the ones that everybody talks about. So, you know, but I thought well, Manning I mean, early on. on himself, he, you should talk about it when a guy puts all the attention, spotlight on himself, you know. You know, he should take the should take the heat when, you know, he doesn't make the players. Yeah, and, and, you know, and then, you know, he, listen, he, he did an idea because they made a big deal about him punching the wall, which to me ain't a big deal, punch the wall, kids. You know, okay. so, the season's over. Your season's over. If he breaks his hand, it's not a big deal. Yeah, 
and you know, and he and he didn't get hurt. He just you know whatever he punched the wall. He was mad. You know, and he's thinking how bad of a game he had, and he was mad. But that you know, what are you going to do? To me, that they blow it out of proportion. But you know, like you said, when you bring attention to yourself, that's what happens. And uh, you know, I thought another big play when it was fourteen. Obviously, it's a half, and but then the Giants made it fourteen thirteen. Then they stopped Green Bay on fourth and one, which I don't know why Green Bay went for that one personally in their own territory. That made no sense, you know, with a one point lead to go for it. But I thought that was a big play, but then the Giants couldn't capitalize on it, and I thought that was true. And then Rodgers just started dissecting them after that. Yeah, yeah, it was a big time game for uh for the wide receivers too for Green Bay. They made plays, you know. Uh, Cobb, and, yeah, you know, Cobb, Cobb came back at a nice game. And, you know, they lost Nelson, which was big. And Nelson's out tomorrow against Dallas as well. And uh, Giants lost Cromartie in the game. But, you know, listen, they lost Nelson. So that was a pretty, you know, one-for-one slop right there. So, you know, but, yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a, you know, you know, Rodgers now, you know, leads us into, obviously, tomorrow. You know, can Rodgers keep this going against Dallas? I mean, what do you think? You, you, you think, uh, or you think Dallas has been, you know, one of the better teams, probably the best team in the NFC most of the year, you know, all the year. Can Dallas keep this momentum going in with, with Prescott? And, you know, or do you think uh, Rodgers is just riding on a high right now and they're going to go in there and take out Dallas? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take the, the Cowboys in this game because, uh, I mean, you know, I, I I just think they're too balanced. You know, um, I think uh, Ezekiel Elliott. They they played each other, Detroit. I mean, Detroit, uh, Green Bay, and, and Dallas, and uh, and uh, he, uh, I think he's pre- he, he he pretty much uh, gashed them most of the game. Had some big plays, and if to me uh, that's the key there. If they and Dallas will be able to run the ball because that that'll open up the. Um, that will open up, uh, you know, Prescott running the ball if if Ezekiel Elliott can run the ball, and they can also play action or run pass options if they can run the ball. Where you got three options: you give the ball to Elliott, you have uh, Prescott, you know, threatening the threatening the edge on the um on the run pass option, and then you can always throw the ball. So to me, if they can run the ball, which to me that's the key to the game, you know. If, if they can run the ball, I think Dallas will win this game. I wouldn't say easy. I mean, you know, Rodgers, uh, you know, playing great. You know, he's a great player. If they if they can run the ball, I think um I think the Cowboys have a really good shot at winning this game and doing a lot of damage in the playoffs. Yeah, I'm thinking hard about this game too, and I think they're like like I agree with you 100 percent as far as being the more balanced team for sure and I think listen if Dallas does what they've done all year I don't see and you know, maybe they hit a big play or two to Dez against the secondary but I think over the middle is going to be wide open for Dallas so I think the guys like Witten and Beasley you're going to see making plays in this game as well and I think if Elliott's obviously going to be the workhorse I think here and uh, I think Rodgers will have a, a, a good game but I think like you said I think Dallas ends up winning this game Probably a close game, probably high scoring as well, I would think. Probably have some points scored in this game. Yeah. And then we yeah, have uh, so. now the Pittsburgh Kansas City game's been moved to the night to the eight eight twenty now because of the weather. And I was just talking about this yesterday at work. Like like they used to never do this. Just play the game. People would get to the game. Like play the game. They never used to change times of games and 
You know, it's a playoff game. People are going to show up no matter what, what the weather is at this point. And I think well, you know, it's Stop they stop these games, you know, because of thunder and lightning. I mean if there's if there's lightning in the area, um, they're gonna they're not gonna play. And rather than have us, you know, delay the game, have these guys warm up and sit down and play again, rather than do that, they move the game back. And I'm still I just looked at the um the weather before the game. They're still they're saying twenty thirty three degrees and a I think a thirty percent chance of rain, but the key there is if there's lightning. If there's if there's projecting lightning earlier in the day, it's a different story because you can, it's not even about the players; it's about the fans. You know, they you want know, to clear out. The, they're moving it. They're moving it because of ice, an ice storm. Well, it's well, going to be like a hail storm. Yeah. Not because of well, rain, not because of thunder and lightning, because of the ice. That, that's why yeah. they move. Like tonight and yeah. early tomorrow. So I guess they want you to wait to it up. The, they have the fans, you know, getting to the game, you know. It's probably not the safest thing for the fans to be driving when there's you know, icy conditions, you know, and whatnot. I mean, uh, other than that. If it's even colder at night, it's going to be even colder, and it's going to be even more icier. <laughs> I guess the field's going to be frozen, probably. Yeah. You know? The Raiders but played that Monday night in Kansas City in the frozen field. Yeah. And there was some cold games last week. I mean, Pittsburgh, Miami, and the Green Bay Giant game was freezing in both those games. Hey, that's football. It's playoff football, right? So, uh, to me, I'd rather see them play in the ice storm. But I mean, that's just me saying it. You know, yeah, the comfort of my too. lazy boy, you know, and put my feet up on the put my feet up on the recliner. But uh, you know, that's just me. <clears throat> no, I agree. All right, so then we also have so all right, so we have you no know, so the, obviously Kansas City Pitt, so breaking this game down. So obviously Chiefs at home, you know, tough, great defense. You know, they got seems they have things working. You know, Alex Smith obviously knows how to win games. You know, Andy Reid knows how to win games. But can they win the big game? That's been the thing for both of them. Can they get that over that hump and win the whole thing? And uh, Pittsburgh comes in with the big three. And one thing about the game we didn't mention, too, is at the end of that game last week, how Pittsburgh left Roethlisberger in still throwing, and then he got hit by Wake on an interception and turned his ankle, and he was in a walking boot for two days. You know, and up 30-12, to 12, having him in the game late in the fourth quarter throwing, that move should be questioned, too. If you want to keep him in the game, that's fine, but he should just be handing the ball off. So you should not be throwing a pass up 18 with four and a half minutes left and uh, put your quarterback at risk, and, and he took a hit for no reason. Absolutely, you're 100 percent right. I mean, have my franchise quarterback on the sideline with his uh, with his baseball cap on. If that was me coaching the team, but yeah. you know, and certainly not throwing the ball. I mean, just hand the ball off. You know, let the clo- you know let the, let the clock tick away. You know, and then that's it. You go home. Yeah, but uh, three yeah, scores with four minutes left. The game's over. The game's yeah. over. Yeah, the there's no need over. to do that. You could run the ball twice and punt, three times and punt. It don't matter. The game's over. Exactly. You know, so. But, yeah, listen, I think this shapes up to be a classic game. I think this should be a great game. We got two good teams, you know, in Kansas City. I think, you know, I know Pittsburgh struggled on the road this year. But, you know, they're playing good right now. I mean, they won eight in a row. So, I mean, you know, I think. This game's not. I think Pittsburgh's going to beat them, but I think it's going to be like a 28-24, 24-21 type game. What do you think? 
Well, I mean, you mean to me, you know, they're almost unstoppable when they have Le'Veon Bell in the, in the lineup. The guy had twelve hundred yards and uh, yeah, almost thirteen hundred yards in twelve games. I mean, you know, or, or thirteen games. Did he sit out three or two games or four games? Whatever the case may yeah. It was three games, so yeah, so and he sat out you know, week seventeen, and he rested week seventeen, so he only played twelve games this year. Yeah, so the guy basically covered uh, hundred and two yards. Just that's just rushing, and I think he's the first guy in NFL history to average uh, over one hundred and fifty yards, you know, from uh, scrimmage yards for, per, per game, which is to me is amazing. I mean, that yeah. was one hundred fifty yards scrimmage. I know Danny Thomason didn't even do that, you know, in his. Uh, in his beautiful, fantastic career, he never even did that. So I mean, yeah, you know, that, that's just amazing. And to me, this this game comes down to third, third down for Kansas City. If if Kansas City's in third and three, third and two, third and four, they have a shot to win the game. I don't think they're going to do it. I don't think Spencer Ware is going to be able to bring it. You know, to be able to you know to bring it against that uh that swarming uh Steeler defense. You know and. Uh, and the more and more these the, the secondary the secondary guys on Pittsburgh get Artie Burns and Sean Davis get the get experience, the better they look. I mean Yeah, I agree. And you know, and Shazier looks healthy, I mean and you know you got Harris in there they're probably gonna make a big play at some point. Excuse me, I have a bad cold, I'm uh, struggling right now. But uh yeah, sure. I mean you know, uh Third down, and that's what it comes down to. I mean, and I think I think Pittsburgh's going to stop them. I don't even think I don't even think it's going to be that close. I think I think Pittsburgh wins this game, twenty-seven thirteen, something like that. You know, some it's you know somewhere where you're like, okay, uh, you were putting a worry, figuring out who's playing next week in the third quarter, third fourth quarter. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, you know, Kansas City's good, but Alex Smith can you know can be a little leaky and. At times, like I said, you you hold him to third and eight, you know it's a problem. You know he's not, you know he's not going to make the big plays. And you know what? You you look at Big Ben. Ben's, you know, uh, you know, it speaks for himself. He's a two-time football champion. You know, he's, he's a big-time winner. You know, and he, you know, in third third and twelve doesn't affect this guy. He makes the plays on third down no matter what. So I, I'm a, yeah. I'm going to go with Berg in that game. That's probably going to be the probably going to be the only road team I'm picking, you know, this weekend. And some little notes about the game. So, Justin Houston, linebacker, Kansas City, was participating in practice the other day for the first time in almost a month, and they said there's a chance he plays, but they're not sure yet, I guess, until warm-ups. Especially in the cold weather, you're going to have to see how he responds. But that could be a big boost if they get him. But the interesting stat here, the Chiefs were 7-1 and one against teams that finished the regular season in the top 10 in scoring. But the one loss came against Pittsburgh in a blowout loss in Pittsburgh. So, and, and you know, the Chiefs didn't win those games in low-scoring games. They outscored their opponents. In six of the seven wins, they scored more than their average of 24 points a game. So that's an interesting little stat there as well. So, all right. So then uh, – Today's games, obviously the first game of the day, Seattle-Atlanta, which shapes up potentially to be a really good game. Now, to me, it's an interesting game because Seattle has all the playoff experience. They've won, but they're not the same team. They don't have Lynch. They don't have Earl Thomas for this game, but they're still got to consider very dangerous in this game. And Atlanta, who's been great all year offensively, 
at home. Ryan's having an unbelievable year. And could this be Atlanta's year? You know, I know to me, Atlanta's only shot at a Super Bowl is, in my mind, is if they win this week and if if uh, Dallas gets upset by Green Bay, then Atlanta can get the home game next week again. And you know, but you know, Atlanta. Listen, they've had a great year. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Seattle in this game. I'm going with the experience in this game, but it wouldn't shock me if Atlanta won because the way they're playing this year, that you know they're playing great football. I just have a feeling Seattle's gonna come up big in this game. What do you think? Well, I mean. Uh... Like I said, I think this is, the, this is going to be the, 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 you know, to me this is the best matchup. But, you know, you have the two equal teams, you know, facing each other. And, you know what, Seattle is a great team, but they're, they're, they're a great team when they're at home. So, to me, that's the X factor. I, I mean, I like the Falcons, Matt Ryan, 28 touchdowns, two interceptions. I mean, a great – you have two running backs that can run the ball, you know, you you know, you have obviously Julio Jones, and you know what? We've seen a lot from the other wide receivers this year too, whether it be Sanu or you know or the other little quick guy Gabriel. You know, they, yeah. they're not just a one-man show anymore. They 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 can spread the ball around, and and Ryan looks like when he does make mistakes, it's when he tries to force the ball to Julio Jones. But you know what? I, I I'm not saying the Falcons are going to win the Super Bowl or anything, but. They are. They, they have uh, Keanu Neal, you know, the other linebacker, Deion, Deion Harris, I believe, the middle linebacker. And um, I don't know, they got good young defenses, defensive players, too, who are only, who are only getting better every game they play. So uh, I'm going to go with Atlanta. I think this is going to be a shootout type of game, maybe a two-field to two, two field goal or a two-point winner where, uh, you know, maybe Matty I, Matt, Matt Ryan puts uh, – I'm not going to call him Matty Ice. He's got to win some playoff games yet. But still, yeah, I I think um you know we we have the ball forty five seconds on his thirty yard line, you know with a couple of timeouts looking for a field goal and I think he makes the plays, you know and I, and I you know this is an indictment on uh, on Seattle they're you know they're a great team but you know what you have to win those you can't go nine and seven you know you have to you have to get the you can't play the way they play at the end of the year, you know and not get the home field advantage and uh. You know, when it comes playoff time, it'll bite you in the, in the rear end. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to go to Atlanta. I think this could be – I don't – I think this could be their year. You know, it also wouldn't shock me if they lost the game, you know, because, you know, you got Russell Wilson, you know, making plays on the other side of, on the other side of the field. So, you know, I think it's good. To me, it's the, fa- the most fascinating game of this weekend is this, is this game because uh, the, I think it's a great matchup. Even in the game when they yeah. played this during the year, remember that was the game where uh, Sherman grabbed Julio Jones and on the last on the fourth down, and there was the and there was a no call for uh, pass yeah, interference. They didn't call that. Yeah, you yeah. know there was you know it was a really close game, and I think it's going to be almost the same. Yeah, and it'd be interesting to see which running game if Rawls repeats what he did last week or Freeman, and you know. And, and Atlanta's rushing attack just completely runs runs it down their throat. But, you know, I don't think they'll run it down Seattle's throat. Seattle's defense is too good, especially their front seven. I think Earl Thomas is going to be a big loss. They might really be shown in this game that with him out. But, uh, you know, and, you know, Ryan's definitely certainly sick of people talking about his one and four postseason record. So he's definitely looking for something to prove. And, you know, Atlanta's averaging 35 points per game at home. 
Yeah. So that's another interesting stat. And I think he's only looked a lot more healthy in the last couple of weeks. I think he's only I think he's only played one home game in the playoffs, and that was that San that Forty Nine er game where the Forty Nine ers won, and went you know in their Super Bowl year. So I think that was his yeah. only home game. So you mean the one and four record? Yeah, it's not good, but you know what? It's really hard to win playoff games on the road, whether it's the first, second, or division round or championship round. It's really hard to win road playoff games. So you know what? I mean, I I think I think this that Atlanta could uh. You know, do some damage in the playoffs. You know, and if they have to play the, the Cowboys next week in Dallas, you know what? Uh, you know, if they go down, they go down. You know, the Dallas is a is a good team. You know, a good good balanced team who has a home field advantage. Yeah, yeah, no, it's going to be a good game. I'm actually looking forward to it. And uh, and that leads us into uh, the final game: New England, Houston. I mean, is, is this game even close? Is there any chance? No. No, I mean, I'm thinking like 35 to 10, something like yeah, that, 35 to 10. I mean, yeah, the steaming so pile of shit will go back to being the steaming pile of shit this week. So, I mean, you ain't going to see uh, you ain't gonna see Osweiler making, making the plays he made last week, I'll tell you that. Yeah, Belichick won't let that happen. Now, what do you, you, know, uh, you think of uh, – so, Pittsburgh – so Pittsburgh, Kansas City, do either of them have – so we both really said Pittsburgh. Do you think Pittsburgh would have a good chance against New England next week, or do you think it's New England going to the Super Bowl and that's it? Uh, I mean, I would like to say yeah, but uh, history is saying no. But I think – do you think out of all the teams, the one team that could uh, give New England the best uh, the best game is Pittsburgh. So, uh, you know, in in New England, obviously. I do think the one team that's built to, um, to beat New England is Pittsburgh because it, they just they, they just have a really good team, you know. They're, they're, uh, their offense with the three, the big three, and you know, and their defense is just getting better and better, you know. And to, to me, another big deal is you know what Pittsburgh's got to they got to stay healthy. I mean, you can't lose a uh, Shazier, you can't you, you know you can't lose one of the, one a def- couple of defensive linemen. I mean, you gotta if you're up in this game, you know, in in Kansas City, you know what. Pull a couple of those guys out because you're going to need them next week. Yeah, great. Only been in too long this week if you don't have to. No way, no. Nah. And and for New England as well. Like and now, New England is it really going to come back and bite them in the playoffs without Punkowski, or do you think they have enough to still overcome that when they need points? Well, typical New England. They 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 traded for. Uh, for Bennett, Marcel was Bennett at the beginning of the year, and you know he's he's not Gronkowski, but he's an adequate replacement. Although they do like to run a lot of two and three tight end packages, but I'm sure it's going to impact that. But you know what? They'll throw Hogan out there, or you know one of those other guys, you know, and uh, you know they, they seem around. like they just yeah they just never seem to miss a beat. You know they could yeah. be they have three running backs, they have three different running backs who all have a. Uh, you know, different, uh, you know, different attributes that can, uh, you know, you, you can pound the ball with, with Blunt. You can, uh, you know, you throw the ball around with Deion Lewis and run the ball. He's been running the ball, you know, really good the last couple of weeks. And you go, you got the, you know, the pass catcher, you know, the other guy, uh, what's his name? James, uh, whatever his name James is. White. They, James, James White, White. Yeah, they, they, yeah, you got him that, you know, he, he's a, 
he's always a big play guy, you know, that that, that you can that makes big plays catching the ball. So, I mean, they got a lot of weapons, you know. You, you lose Gronkowski, yeah, he's the best tight end in football, but you know what? They could beat you a, a whole bunch of ways, and then, you know, and I hate to say it, they still got Brady, too. I mean, yeah, as long as you they know, got Brady, kind of, everything's okay, right? <laughs> if they, as long as they get the two Bs, Belichick and Brady, then it's all going to be all right. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, the worst thing I, I I would hate to see like uh like a, a Kansas City uh a Kansas City uh New England because to me that's I don't think that's going to be competitive. I really don't think it's going to be competitive. But you know you got Big Ben standing in the way. I mean that's a fantastic fantastic championship game. Yeah, it will be. I agree. Two cold weather teams, so so it'll be a good uh a good uh, definitely a great game. So, and what do you think about? I heard a rumor about uh, Garoppolo being maybe getting traded, and they were saying Cleveland giving up one, their one or one of their ones to him. No way. Uh no. <laughs> that, that'd I mean, be yeah, another, maybe that'd maybe be another um, Belichick type. That'd be another Belichick yeah, type. Uh, yeah, no, I don't, I don't see that happening. Yeah, I'm sure they would really want that to happen, but uh, you know. And I heard uh, Francesca <laughs> talking about it, and Francesca was saying he would do it if he was Cleveland. Like you think oh, Garoppolo is a real deal? He's a fool. Thank God, thank God he's not the general manager, Francis. Yeah, thank God he's retiring in a couple of weeks. I think uh, yeah. is he still but, retiring? Uh, yeah, I, think, I think in December. I think in December or something, or January next yeah. January. Like you got one more year. It's last year. Yeah. Whatever. That's that's one of the dumbest comments I ever. To give a first rounder for a guy who you don't know if he can play. How do you? I'd be. I'd be it's just the most <laughs> yeah. sports show, friends. That's the slot on the fans when they leave. And they won't miss right. a beat. They won't miss Certainly. a beat without on it. Probably be better. Because we, peop- we let people talk. Yeah. <laughs> that's the goal. All right, so there's the NFL rap, playoff wrap-up. So we had, uh, had Dallas, we both had Pitt. You have Atlanta, I have Seattle, we both have New England. So it's really the Seattle-Atlanta game is the only game we went different on this week. So it'll be interesting to see how these games play out. Next week, of course, we'll be talking about these games and the, the championship games that will be we'll be previewing for next week. Now, I got one more thing for you before I let you go. I know you don't feel good. But uh, I want to just talk to you quick about the Clemson-Alabama game. An unbelievable you, you game, got, right? You got your wish. No, yeah. no Saban dynasty. There you go. It was a great was game. Unbelievable a great... game, right? What a game, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. I, I think most of the plays, most of the stars, uh, they all uh, they're all going in the draft. Uh, Mike Williams, uh, you know Watson, yeah, you know, all the yeah, everybody playing, right? Yep. Goldman, they're all they're all going. They're all leaving. So. You know, it's going to be uh, two different teams next year, the Clemson and uh, Alabama. It's going to be really interesting. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, what a game. What a what a drive at the end. I mean, back and forth. I mean, the, Alabama was up 14 nothing early. Clemson just battles back. And then Alabama gets the late touchdown. And you figure, oh, here we go again. And then Watson calmly just drives them down the field. And, I, you know, I'm saying early, I thought, that time, that, then I'm not using that timeout, and they cost themselves like 20, 25 seconds on that last minute. I was like, what are they doing here at Clemson? But I guess, they, listen, they scored with one second left. I guess they had it timed out perfectly because 
Probably the best thing, you didn't want to leave that Alabama, the way that game was going, you didn't want to leave Alabama a couple of plays. And I'll tell you, you know, people say about the freshman quarterback for Alabama, but you know what? Alabama's defense lost that game. They couldn't hold them when they had to, you know, and Clemson was able, you know, Watson was able to just pull his magic off. And he said on that last play, he knew it was a touchdown before he even snapped the ball. He said he'd seen, I guess he'd seen the whole play developing right in front of his eyes before he even snapped the ball. And uh, well, he said he well, went, Alabama went man to man on the goal line, something you should never do. And they uh, ran a rub play, and they knew he, he probably knew that he, you know, that he was going to come free. Yeah. And I'll tell you, it was interesting because with one second, they took a chance of not even getting the tie and field goal there if they don't make that play, right? Or if it's juggled. You know, what happens if it's juggled and tipped in the air and stuff? The clock could run out there, and they lose the game, right? Without even getting yeah. the field goal. Sack. I mean, really, it's all, you know, it's a, it's a fantastic game. It was a great way to end the college football season and a bowl season. You know, There's a lot of good in the bowls, too. Yeah, and you've seen a lot of, a lot of future pros on display that night. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that, that's uh, so it was a great game to watch with, with the, you know, obviously the two most talented teams in the, you know, in the, in the college football. So, and, yeah, they. Uh, I'm. I'm great. I like the. I like the system. I think it's a good system. It's a fair system. I would like to see them go to six or eight teams, but you know what? For you know, for the time being, you know, I think they have a ten-year contract. Uh, so for the next ten years, you know, this is what we're going to see. So I mean, you know, in a perfect world, you'd like a six to eighteen playoff, but you know what? This is just fine. You know, it works good with you the balls, you know. And you know what? If you get a 6-8 to eight team, then the 9-10 and 10 team will say they should have been in, right? So you always have teams yeah. that are going to say they should have been in. You're always going to have that, so, you know. Same thing with, like, March Madness, right? You got 64 teams in, and then there's always, like, the 65th and 66 teams. Or, like, oh, you know, all those teams that got, you know, they go on the bubble that didn't get in, and then they get pissed off, and you see them doing interviews on ESPN and blah, 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 right? But you know what? I, maybe they should keep the system the way it is. And, you know, I think they should because, you know, at least it, it creates debate and you're talking about it, you know, rather than having a, a you know, it all play out on the field. You know, it's it's good. It's a good debate to have. Yeah, I agree. So let me ask you another question. So back to the NFL for a second. So I wanted to ask you this. So for this weekend, of the, all these games this weekend, the last week you hit with Rawls. Who's the player this week to keep an eye on in any of these games? Uh, four games. Um, huh, um, well, I don't want to give you an obvious one. Um, um, I'm going to say uh, I'm going to say the kid, the kid Gabriel in Atlanta. Watch him. If he gets, he, I think he could easily have a. You know, maybe not big stats. I think he could have like a a sixty yard touchdown or something like that. You know, or, or a big one of those game changing plays where, you know, it's third and eight, and you know, and he and, he, and, he, and Ryan sees him wide open, and he gets like a sixty yard touchdown. I'm gonna go with Gabriel. Why not? Okay. Give, give Cleveland some love. You know, even the you know, the Cleveland guy. There you go. And I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a veteran that I think uh, could be a big part of this game. Over the middle, like I mentioned earlier, is Witten. Keep an eye on Witten, maybe to grab a touchdown in this game. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. 
So we'll, we'll see about that. And out of all the coaching moves, which one do you like the best? Do you like any of them? Do you know, like any of these uh, jumping out at I you? I mean, they all, to me, they're all downgraded. I mean, they all went with, you know, with guys that are, you know, guys that are, um, you know, unproven. You know, and, um, if I'm going to go with one of them and I have to, if you're going to put a gun to my head, I'm going to say that Vance Joseph will probably do a good job. Denver. It just seems like they always, uh, they always find a way to, to you know, to stay on close to the top. Whatever, whatever Elway touches, right? Yeah, mug. Mutt. That, that swine mug. <laughs> whatever he touches, that swine mug. All right, man. All right, it's a great job as always. I know, ladies, I know you don't feel good today. Thanks for giving us the time today. And, uh, no problem. You know, enjoy the rest Thanks, of the weekend. And I'll, speak to you, I'll speak to you next week about the, you know, we'll be talking the championship games. You got it, man. Enjoy the games. Thanks, man. You too. All right, bye. All right, our PDV, a football analyst joining us, going to the NFL. Good, good segment. Went over all the playoff games last week and this week. You know, the college football, talked about the coaches. So good job by Pete, as always, doing a great job. And uh, so what we're going to do now is going to take a quick commercial, and then we're going to come back, and, we're, you know, we're going to go around the sports world a little and check out what's going on around the sports world and uh, do some standings and some NBA and NHL and uh, maybe look at some baseball rumors and, you know, and your call, 718-508-9883. We'll talk about the Giants as well. We'll talk about maybe some drafts free agency plans, and we'll see who's available. We'll look at some free agents, NFL free agents. Actually, we're going to do that when we come back. We're going to jump into look see what NFL free agents are out there looking ahead. So we're going to take a quick commercial. When I come back, we'll get into, uh, we're going to get into a few different things. Attention business owners, website owners, event promoters, or anyone looking to promote your product. The Totally Driven Entertainment Radio Network is the perfect way to spread the word of your business around the world. That's right, you can advertise at our network and be played on all of our shows at rates that are so cheap, it's a no-brainer. For more information, contact Bay Ragney at bayragney at gmail.com. To keep your business driven, stay driven with Totally Driven Entertainment. Are you a fan of Sherlock Holmes? Letters from Holmes offers unique, one-of-a-kind letters from the world-famous detective himself. Handwritten on 8.5-inch by 11-inch aged parchment paper and using smudge-free ink to produce original, high-quality letters that fans will treasure for years to come. Each letter is handcrafted and written from the perspective of Sherlock Holmes, mimicking Holmes's native tongue and embracing many of the famous detectives' quirks, quips, insults and peculiarities. Order a love letter, birthday greeting, personal correspondence or more only at www.etsy.com forward slash shop, forward slash letters from homes. For $5 today, you can buy a wealth of things. Gas for your car, rent a movie for the family, a few slices of pizza. $5 still takes you a long ways. But did you know that $5 can buy your child a bag of heroin in the streets? That's right. For only $5, your son or daughter can buy some of the cheapest and purest dope in the country. Be aware of the lies. Be aware of the stealing. Be aware that's all it takes to kill your child. $5. This message was brought to you by Casey's Cause, a group of parents located in Southern Chester County out to save your child's life. Come join us today at www.caseyscause.com. And remember, $5 is all it takes. Casey's Cause, www.caseyscause.com. Looking for that perfect gift for your girlfriend? 
Then look no further than Teddy Scares. Teddy Scares are available in a variety of styles, sizes, and prices for all your shopping needs. Teddy Scares are a mix of cute and creepy to make a great gift for almost any age. Board up your windows, lock your doors, and log on to TeddyScares.com. And be sure to become our friends at Facebook.com slash Calling all comic book fans. Do you collect comics? Did you ever collect comics? Do you think your children might like reading comic books? Do you even know they still print real, paper, non-digital comic books? Well, then visit the Pirates of Ontario Street Comics in Philadelphia. We have a massive collection of comic books, action figures, trading cards, and much more. We have one of the largest stocks of back-issue comics in the area. We bag and board every new comic book at no extra charge. Our store is voted the best comic book shop in the 2013 PHL 17 Hot List Contest. Part of the movie Unbreakable is filmed in our store. We are open seven days a week. Ontario Street Comics is located at 2235 East Ontario Street in the Port Richmond section of Philly. Our phone number is 215-288-7338. Type in the words Ontario Comics Philadelphia to check out our wacky stores page on Facebook. Back to the Mojo Sports Show, bringing it back to the final hour with a little music. So, covered a lot today so far. We did obviously a lot of NFL playoffs so far. We did some college football, talked about the Alabama Clemson game. We did some little baseball. We did basketball. We did a little hockey. So we've been uh, pretty much going all around, moving you know moving around. Definitely call in if you want to talk some sports. Seven one eight five zero eight nine eight eight three. I did want to look at quick. I was going to look at uh, some free agents available in the NFL. So now you got to figure some of these guys are going to get franchised. But we're just talking about guys that are out there unrestricted. So obviously Eric Barry to me. Obviously Le'Veon Bell. Let's start off Le'Veon Bell, but he's getting franchised. We there's no way. You know, Pittsburgh probably be a little hesitant to give him a long term deal just because you know one more suspension and he gets a year. But Listen, the guy is, you know, best running in the league right now. And you can't, you know, you, you got to keep him. So, I mean, they could franchise him, obviously. You pay him year to year for a couple of years. Obviously, Bell wants a long-term deal. So, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Eric Berry, who many teams would love, 28-year-old locker room leader, pro bowler. But, you know, I would think, it's time for the Chiefs to pay up with Barry, and I would expect him to. Kirk Cousins is an interesting thing. I mean, I think Washington keeps him, but you never know if somebody comes in, maybe Cleveland. 
tries to blow him, blow his blow him out of the water. You know, I'm giving you guys, you know, top guys. I think I'm got going positions. I'm just naming guys. Chandler Jones from Arizona, another big outside linebacker, would be a nice addition. To 18, I, I, Arizona's already said they're not letting him go, so that could be another franchise. Olshan Jeffrey, you know, he could be end up being the number one free agent by March. You know, because if you, you know, I think that's in February is when you can franchise guys. So I think when all the guys are franchised, I think Jeffrey might be the best guy out there because there's rumors that he might not get franchised now. You know, you know, true number one receivers never hit free agency like this. So it'll be interesting to see where he ends up if he goes somewhere. Plenty of teams could use a number one receiver, or even a team with a number one receiver will want pairing him with somebody. So that'll be interesting to see. Like some some reason I could see a guy like Jeffrey ended up in New England or something. Just everybody needs to see Melvin Ingram, outside linebacker. You know, and you can't even just look at the sack total with him. He's involved. It's one of football's most disruptive, complete outside linebackers this year. You know, he, he's going to score big. He's going to score big this year. Calais Campbell. He's a three-four end. Another guy I think Arizona keeps, but you never know. But he's a 3-4 end. Obviously, JPP, who's going to be probably the best end on the market. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with him. Do the Giants. The problem for the Giants here, it's going to be hard for the Giants to keep JPP. Because when you're paying Vernon that money that they're paying Vernon, JPP's going to want a similar contract, so if not more. So you, you can't – I don't see how you can allocate that much of your – Salary caps are too defensive, and plus they gave Zach Harrison big money at tackle. So I mean, three guys on your line making a lot of money. Not, you can't really balance out your roster that way. So I could see Pierre Paul leaving the Giants this year, but we'll see what happens there. I've seen you know stranger things happen, so it would shock me if he stays, but I could definitely see him leaving. Jamie Collins, who was traded to Cleveland from New England, I think Cleveland will find a way to keep him. Unless another guy, somebody blows out of the water. There's some good corners. Stephen Gilmore from Buffalo. You know, you could watch film on this guy, and he looks like he could be a number one corner. And then he has other weeks where he probably looked like he wasn't playing full force. Maybe his contract year, he didn't want to risk injury. I don't know what the deal was with him. But an A.J. Bowie from uh, Houston. You know, he's he's the guy that's probably made himself the most money this year with his play that you aren't expecting. You know, he's only has 19 career starts, so there is a risk with giving this guy big money, but he is a borderline pro bowler in his first season as a starter. You know, and he looks the part of a former first-round pick, not a, not a former undrafted player. So be interesting to see how he scores the offseason. I see Martellus Bennett, New England tight end, will be available. Yeah, he wore, here's a guy who wanted his welcome with three different organizations before finding a home in New England. Belichick should do what he can to retain the best insurance he has for Gronk right now. But my guess is he'll get priced out in New England. Don Terry Poe, Kansas City, defensive tackle. He's an interesting player. He can definitely help a lot of teams. But they may have to choose the Chiefs between him and Berry, which, you know, obviously could result in Poe hitting the open market at some point this spring, and, you know, he's a solid starter, you know, and I think he's a good player. His career hasn't taken off, especially after his terrific rookie year in 2012, but he's still a very effective defensive tackle, so I'd expect big things from him. Brandon Williams, 
tackle at Baltimore is another guy I like. Swan Short, defensive tackle from Carolina. You know, remember they booted Josh Norman last year because the team needed room to retain Short. So now it's time to pay up. Remember, Short was the guy we heard mentioned for them leaving. He was one of the guys they mentioned when they let Norman go was Short. So Short's another guy. It's a Dante Hightower, New England linebacker. You know, they traded Jones and Collins. You know, the conventional wisdom would be New England's going to – they held Hightower and like to be resigned, especially Belichick has talked his, up his leadership. But Belichick rarely does what fans and writers expect, so we'll see what happens there as well. So interesting names. I, I like, you know, obviously the big top names, I don't think any – the only one I have really big names – I could see – I would say I think Melvin Ingram could leave. I think actually Miami is a strong possibility. They need an outside linebacker. I think it's a perfect fit. They have the cap. They're going to have plenty of cap room. You know, I think Ingram to Miami is something to look out for. But I think Jeffrey is going to be the best player out there, at, you know, when all said and done, the best free agent out there. So it's going to be interesting to see where he ends up. Does he end up going to a contender? Does he end up going to an up-and-coming team with a good young quarterback? You know, does he go to a team like New England? Does he go to a team like the Colts? You know, passing with good quarterbacks. I mean, you know, it'd be it's really it'd be interesting to see where a guy like that go. I think a perfect fit would be San Diego. <laughs> Let me rephrase that. I'm sorry. Los Angeles Chargers would be a, a perfect fit for Jeffrey. You put him with Rivers, and Rivers could use the, another big receiver. <laughs> so, it'd be interesting to see <clears throat> where he ends up. Cause I'm sure plenty of teams are going to be interested in him. For the Giants, I think the Giants' big thing is going to be retaining JPP. I think that's got to be obviously the top of their list. Nothing else really matters right off the bat. Then obviously they, they got to address other holes. They got you know obviously offensive line. Are they going to move Flowers to right tackle, or are they going to leave Flowers at left tackle? That's going to be a big, a big thing for them. Me personally, I don't think he's a left tackle. Listen, he's a former first round pick. I know teams hate to say when they made a bad pick, but sometimes you got to just say it's not work. You know, it's not going to work. Or not saying get rid of the guy, but he changes position. I was never a big Flower guy in college, and I'm a big Hurricane fan. I never seen it. I don't know. Well, Howie was a first-round pick. Well, I know Howie was a first-round pick because he has the ideal size and weight for his position that you would think, but he don't have the, the, the mechanics and, the, you know, the technique at the line, the whole, especially at the blind side of the quarterback. So you can't like you can't like that. If I'm the Giants, I try to make a move there. They have to look for a, they have to look for a left tackle. I thought they made a bad mistake. Passing on Tunzel in the draft, they could have had a left tackle for the next 12 years. But they still got a good player in Apple, but I thought Tunzel was definitely the better pick for them there. But uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, they could free agency. So I should have some money to spend too. We'll see. I mean, uh, really, also depends how much Pierre Paul gets if they keep him. If not, Giants should have plenty of money to go get themselves, you know, some offensive line. But we got to see who's out there. And then see what else they're going to do. I mean, are they going to look for another receiver? Is Victor Cruz coming back? I, you know, I don't think Cruz will be back. I think he'll be priced out. I think the Giants will probably go in another direction. I know they had some young guys on the roster they were looking at, but I, I could see the Giants definitely signing a veteran, 
receiver this off season, bringing somebody in and uh, try you know help out. Maybe a guy too that can help mentor uh, Beckham a little as well, like a veteran receiver, you know, workman like type guy. I think would be a good good fit. Like we talked about it last year, Bolden would be a type of guy would be a nice fit. I think on the Giants as a third receiver. But we'll see. We'll see what they do. I don't even know if Bolden will be available. You know, Detroit might keep him. So we'll see what happens there. But and as far as the Jets go, you know. What do the Jets do? Obviously, the young quarterbacks, which direction are they going to go in? Are they going to stick with Petty? Are they going to get Petty a shot? Are they gonna, I think the Jets, I don't know. I mean, are they going to draft another quarterback another year, four to five years early? I mean, Deshaun Watson's name, but people like saying that it shouldn't be a first rounder. Like, I guess he's a board. You know, they, listen, when he does what he does in games like that, he's got to say, why can't this guy be a first rounder? But when you make plays, you know, can you make the certain throws in the NFL is the question, you know. But, you know, why can't he? I mean, you know, Alabama is basically an NFL team anyway, and he did it against them. So, you know, I think Watson could be a decent pro. Like, I don't know if I take him early in the first round, but as a second-round pick, I would definitely be all over Watson. So be interested to see what the Jets do there. Do the Jets trade one of those the linemen, Wilkerson or Muhammad, you know, Muhammad Wilkerson? Do they end up trading him? I don't know. I would think, you know, what happens with Revis? Another free agent out there, we didn't talk about Revis. Even though I think Revis is going to stay, then he may move to safety. <laughs> so we'll see what happens with Revis. But Jets got to figure out what they're going to do. They'll have Decker back. Are they going to bring Marshall back? Are they going to move on from Marshall? It's going to be another factor. And then, you know, the running game, you know, with Powell and Forte next year, they should be fine with the running game. You know, they, they need defense. Like, they could use some secondary help. They could use another linebacker. But I think really they need – they got to figure out the quarterback situation is the biggest problem. Now, there's other big names, and obviously Mitch Trubisky or North Carolina is probably the best quarterback in the draft. With Sean Kaiser and Notre Dame, got Watson on Clemson, Mahomes, Texas Tech, Brad Kaya in Miami few guys out there, but, you know, the Jets have so many holes, you know. I I think personally the Jets might be better off maybe looking more in the direction of do you want – do you maybe want – do you want to go with that game-breaking defensive player in the AFC already pretty good defense? Do you want to move on from Marshall and go with like a Mike Williams – well, do you go for the go for a four net and try to really hit the running hit up with the running game if he's there? Personally, I don't think you know. To me, four net. I mean, let's look. Cleveland Cleveland's probably going to take Miles Garrett, although there's no quarterback. I think Cleveland's going to go after Cousins hard, and then I think we'll try to get a quarterback to a trade, and then I think they're going to draft Garrett. I think the Niners could take Trubisky too. I said that I wouldn't be shocked. The Bears are gonna. I think the Bears are gonna add to their defense and take Allen from Alabama, Jonathan Allen. And then I think the Jaguars are gonna grab Dalvin Cook. And I think after that, <coughs> Tennessee. I think they can use some secondary help. Maybe Jamal Adams from LSU to safety. You know, and then you know the Jets. Then what direction are they in? Do they go for a quarterback this early? Do they try to go for a running back? Do they add defense? 
They had Tim Williams, maybe a linebacker from Alabama. Then the Chargers, another team I could see going for secondary, maybe Malik Hooker, the safety from Ohio State. I could see the, that's where the Panthers can be. Fournette lands on the Panthers at eight. That could be big for the Panthers. Grab a nice running back. I know Fournette's had issues, but the Panthers could definitely use a future running back, and it could be their chance. And, you know, the Bills at 10, I think the Bills, I could see the Bills maybe taking a Mike Williams. They're going to have Reggie Ragland back next year, or maybe they go corner with Tease Tadeba, or maybe the Bills go in a completely different direction. Say we want a, a new quarterback, and they go Deshaun Kaiser from Notre Dame. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. And then, obviously, the Giants, Giants to me, you know, if you're looking at, if you're looking at tackles for the Giants or offensive linemen, I mean, the Bills starts Cam Robinson, Alabama, but he definitely won't be there. Ryan Ramizek from Wisconsin, Garrett Bowles, Utah, Deion Dawkins, Temple, Roderick Johnson, Florida State, they're probably the best. Offensive tackles, the guards, Forrest Lamb, Dan Feeney, Dorian Johnson from Pitt, Nico Saragusa from San Diego State, and Damian Mama from USC, and Danny Isidora from Miami to be the best guards. Centers, Ethan Polzik from LSU, Pat Elfline, Ohio State, Tyler Orlowski, West Virginia, John Toth, Kentucky. So they're probably the best of linemen if the Giants are looking at that. Linebacker is another position the Giants always, I mean, could use. Obviously, Ruben Foster, I think Racklin, McMillan, Zach Cunningham, these guys will be gone. I think uh, Anthony, you know, I think outside linebacker is McKinley from UCLA is going to be a stud. I think obviously he's going to be a top 10. I think he'll be a top 10, top 12 pick. Tim Williams, Jared Davis from Florida, who I like maybe as a possible Dolphin pick, be Jared Davis in the 20 range. Ryan Anderson from Alabama as well. So there's so many defensive players. Then you got the corners, as I mentioned, you got Lattimore, Tabor, Wilson, Humphrey, Tankersley. And I named some of the safeties earlier, Jamal Adams. Obviously a guy we haven't even mentioned and here's a name, you know, you look at is a possible now here's a game I didn't even mention yet. Now, here's a guy if the Jets have this pick, do you take him? Real Peppers. Now, to me, if I'm Tennessee, I take Peppers at five. But I heard they, I heard they really like Jamal Adams from LSU. Supposedly, tight end, the defense player Dick LeBeau and secondary coach Deshaun Townsend. They see shades of Troy Palomalu. They were recently quoted as saying in Jamal Adams. You know, the similar awareness, athleticism, and enthusiasm style of play. So that's why I, I said Jamal Adams with Tennessee because the coaches in Tennessee seem to like him a lot. Real Peppers, here's a guy Here's a guy that Jets could be a big market to, you know, for Jets. Jets grab a guy like Peppers. If not the Jets, San Diego. I know they, another team, Malik Hooker, has been, has been tied to them early. As I know they've done a lot of scouting on him. And, they, you know, they, 6'2", 205, he does possess the range of ball skills to complement San Diego's small but physical corners. So that would be interesting. But San Diego, I'm taking Peppers there if I'm San Diego. So it will be interesting to see what they do there. But we'll have plenty of time to draft talk. Obviously, we've got a long way until April, end of April. I think, well, it didn't even make it this year. But we'll be able to do a lot of NFL. Obviously, we have our draft special. The night of the draft will be live 
as we were last year, and then the Saturday show will be recapping the whole draft. So obviously we'll be doing a lot of draft stuff, and leading up we'll be doing mocks with Pete. So a lot of stuff going on. We're going to get yeah, obviously through the playoffs and to the Super Bowl, and then we start worrying about free agency and draft. But it's nice to always look at it and see potential guys out there. But you, nobody knows who's going where. But you do hear teams that like certain guys. And, uh, you know, to me, Peppers is an interesting guy. Uh, he's a guy who could play multiple positions, very skilled. So some people question, is he, you know, his size and blah, blah, blah. And to me, when you're a football player, you're a football player. And I think he's a football player. Okay. To me, if I'm the Jets, I'm taking Peppers if he's there. That would be my pick as a Jet, and that's probably going to be my mock pick for the Jet. But we'll see what happens. As we get closer to the draft, obviously, stocks rise and fall. So we'll uh, we'll talk more about that as, as it comes. So, All right, so we did some. We looked at that stuff, and uh, I do want to touch on some other stuff here. So let's look at uh, the NBA. We're going to look at some uh, NBA standings here. So obviously, we talked a little about the NBA before. Obviously, now let's just look at the standings for the Cavs. 29 and 10 in first in the East. Toronto three games back at 26 and 13. At the two seed, Boston at the three at 25 and 15. The Hawks at the four, 22 and 17. Obviously, we talked about it earlier. What a game last night. Boston beating the Hawks with the shot with two seconds left, breaking the Hawks' seven game winning streak. But it was a great game. Hawks came back from 20 down to tie it with under 20 seconds left. And then Isaiah Thomas held. They had a big shot with fade away with two seconds left over Baysmore and then the Hawks no sack shot at the end that the buzzer missed and uh Boston escapes with a two point win and Hawkins returned to Atlanta. Like I said earlier, good job by the Hawks fans cheering Hawkins after the video tribute because he did get booed in introduction. But I don't think this is a big deal. People made it out to be. I mean the guy left to go to a contender and he's playing against them, they're gonna root for their team. But they did give him the respect during the the scoreboard uh, when they honored him on the big screen. So, so good move there by the Hawks and the Hawks fans, and a good move by the organization because you should uh, should definitely honor a player. Hawks had been there for four years, I mean, for nine years, his whole career there, and, you know, he's the heart and soul of the franchise for a while. So definitely good to pay him his respects. The Bucks at five, at 20 and 18. Paces, 20 and 19 at 6. The Hornets at 20 and 20 in the 7th spot. Wizards, 19 and 19 in the 8th. Then you have the Bulls on the outside looking in a game out, 19 and 21. And Knicks, two games out, three in the lost column at 18 and 22. And then the Bucks and the Pistons at 18 and 24, three out, and three and a half out is Orlando, 17 and 24. And then you have Philly, Miami, and Brooklyn pretty much done. Although Philly has a lot to look forward to. Their future is bright. Emblem's a stud, you know. You know Ben Simmons will be back, and then they just got a lot of good young players. So Philly is definitely up. things are looking up for Philly. I can tell you that the Sixers are definitely going in the right direction. So they have a lot to be happy about. And then in the West, you got Golden State at thirty-four and six, two two and a half games ahead of the Spurs with thirty-one and eight, and Houston thirty-one and eleven. Four out and what a season Houston's having hard it's having an unbelievable season. Clippers at twenty seven and fourteen. And in the four spot, Utah twenty five and sixteen in the five spot, two behind the Clippers. Grizzlies twenty five and seventeen, ten out, Oklahoma City, ten and a half out, but then a seven hole. Right now they'd play the Spurs, but everybody would love to see them play Golden State, but 
They got a seven-game lead over Portland. Portland from seven to eight, seven games. So that's a big difference. The Portland's in the eight-hole. Sacramento's a game, half a game behind. You know, on the outside looking in, the Pelicans are right there, a game behind, even in the lost comps. The Pelicans after the 0-7 start it really uh, turned around. Denver, game behind as well, 15-23. The Timberwolves only three games out, 14-26. The Lakers, 15-28. I think the Timberwolves, Lakers, Dallas, and Phoenix are all pretty much done. Nets with the worst record in the league, and obviously Boston has their first rounder, so that deal just keeps giving Boston and keeps torturing the Nets. And, uh, you know, interesting stuff. Obviously a lot of big games coming up, but just like to look at this stuff. I like to have a little fun with this stuff. So obviously there's still half a season left, but you like to have it. What if the season ended now, the playoff matchup? So you'd have Cleveland against the Wizards right now. Which could be, you know, Wizards have some talent. Obviously, Cleveland would win the series, but you never know. Maybe win a game or two. Toronto, Charlotte, which would be a good matchup, but I think Toronto will win. Boston, Indiana, which would be an interesting matchup. And Atlanta, Milwaukee, which would be another good matchup. And then in the West, you would have Golden State, Portland, which I don't think Portland could win that. You would have San Antonio, Oklahoma City, which would be an interesting series. Houston, Memphis, and Clippers, Utah. So you got some interesting. Still interesting matchups there you would have, you know. And uh, when you look at the difference, like I'm saying in the West, so you have from the seven to the eight hole slot, you have a, a seven game difference in the lost column in the East. So that's just seven to eight. So from so in the in the East from two to eight, you have a six you have a six game lead. So from two to eight you have a six game lead. From seven to eight you have a seven game lead. The interesting thing about the East is from four to eight, you have a two-game, two-and-a-half-game difference. So where the West, it's pretty much you know the seven that are looking good, and then you have a battle between Portland, Sacramento, Pelicans, most likely for the final spot. I don't think that would let hang in there. Let's just see if the Pelicans make a move to get better as well. And the Bulls are another team that's kind of weird to figure out. I mean, I've seen the Knicks get a lot of heat. The Bulls, another team, has a lot of talent. I mean, you, you know, you got Butler, Wade, Rondo, you know, Taj Gibson, you know, Lopez. You know, these the Bulls are teams that are very disappointing this year. The team you definitely figure would be doing better than they are. So, we'll, we'll see. I mean, obviously, it's still half the season, so a lot could still change. But it's always good to look at stuff and, you know, Say, say what, what if, give a little what ifs out there. It's always good to look at that stuff sometimes. You know, have some fun with that. And a lot of people think it's pretty much a foregone conclusion that it's going to be uh, Houston, I mean, Houston, uh, Golden State versus Cleveland. So, but we'll see. San Antonio and Houston might have something to say about that. It's going to be tough for anybody in the East to beat Cleveland, most likely. But listen, why these years? LeBron's not going to go to the finals. I mean, he's gone every year, seven straight, you know, six straight years, whatever it is. And one of these years, he's not going to go to the finals. It just has to, one of these years has to change. So we'll see. We'll see when it's going to be. Is it actually going to be, is it actually going to happen? Or is this guy just going to keep running into the finals every year? So see what happens there. All right. And uh, so that's the NBA. Let's do a little NHL standings here. So we have uh, in the East, 
Eastern Atlantic Division. Obviously, you have Montreal, 58 points at first. Boston at 49. Ottawa at 48. Toronto, 46. Florida, 46. Tampa, 44. Buffalo, 41. Detroit, 40. So, Montreal playing really good hockey. Still, obviously, one of the top two teams. Columbus is playing unbelievable. Their winning streak snapped last week, but they are just playing unbelievable. I mean, they're 62 points at 29-84. I mean, Columbus, what more can you say about Columbus ahead of the division? What if the division, the whole division, the, the top of the division, I mean, Washington 61 points, Pittsburgh 57, the Rangers 57. What the Rangers really struggle? Rangers need to be more consistent. they got to win more at home. Look at a team like Pittsburgh. They're 18-2-2 two two at home. The Rangers are 13, 8, and 1. I mean, you see the difference there. Well, the Rangers are 15 and 6 on the road. So obviously, Philly, 50 points. Carolina, 47. Devils, 43. Islanders, 40. Really struggling this year. And then you have, uh, in the West, you have Chicago, 59. In the Central, you have Chicago, 59. Minnesota, 57. St. Louis, 47. Nashville, 45. Dallas, 44. Winnipeg, 43. Colorado, pretty much done at 27 points. Then in the Pacific, you have Anaheim with 54 points. San Jose, 52 points. Edmonton, 51. Calgary, 48. L.A., 46. Vancouver, 45. It's been a hot start. And Arizona, 32. Pretty, you know, done. Then you look at the the wild card standing. So in the East right now, you have the Rangers at Philly. Control the line. You know, Rangers should be obviously in good shape. They want to. They could still move up in their division. I had a wild card to the automatic first. You know, one of the top three spot first. But 57 points. You know, Philly with 50 is the second wild card, and Carolina 47. So the Rangers still in good shape with a 10 point lead as far as not making a playoff. So I don't see that being an issue. And in the West, Calgary 48, LA 46, and then you just have. A host of teams, 45, 45 for Nashville, 45 for Vancouver, 44 for Dallas, 43 for Winnipeg. So, teams battling out. So, obviously, like I said, a lot of season left in all these sports. It's always good to uh, it's always good to look at this stuff and keep an eye on it, keep, you know, eye on the races as, as they pertain and, you know, see what happens there. So, so little, we did a little, uh, little NBA, a little NHL there. Now, let's also talk something a little baseball about the Hall of Fame voting. So, another week or two, we'll be getting uh, to see who gets in the Hall of Fame this year. And I heard, you know, so they have, they polled, supposedly, you know, some public polls they're out. There's a bunch of them as of January 10th. And it's not all the, obviously, I think it's half the ballot. But here's the percentage of the votes. So, you obviously need 75 to get in, which I think is the biggest joke is that Vlad Guerrero right now is just under the threshold to get in. So he's at 74.6% of 75%. You, you know, you need 75 now. He's still got half the things to get up there. But how is he not almost just an automatic? He's a guy who didn't take anything. He's clearly one of the best. I mean, unbelievable Hall of Fame career. I mean, anybody cannot deny it. That's, but they did the same thing with Piazza the first time. And yet they'll vote for guys that shouldn't even be in it, which is stupid, just to keep them on the ballot. But right now, so the guys that right now would get in, Tim Raines finally would get in, 91% of the votes, which I'm, which I'm fine with. Jeff Bagwell, 90.8% he's getting. It would be nice to see Bagwell. He's always a big fan. 
and uh, Pudge Rodriguez at 80.5%. So then only three as of now that would get in. I guess it's Vlad's 0.4% from not making it. So we still have to balance. Vlad could still very easily get in, and I hope he does because he deserves it. Trevor Hoffman is not far off, 73 and a half. So he needs one and a half percent to you know more to get in. Edgar Martinez is 67 percent, getting closer. Then you have some interesting things. The steroid guys, Bonds is now up to 65 percent, 64.9 percent, and Clemens 64.3 percent. So I think it's not going to happen this year, but in the next couple of years, Bonds and Clemens are getting in the Hall of Fame because they're getting close. So people are starting to get more more into this many steroid guys, and I think eventually guys like A Rod are going to get in, and you know I think they're going to start making exceptions because you know listen these guys are still great players. Stop the steroid thing already. Yeah, I know obviously it, they shouldn't have done it and blah blah blah, but every most of the league was doing it. Nobody was stopping it at the time. Get over it. All right, the guys are still great players. Nobody could say these guys weren't great before the steroids. So that's interesting. Another guy who's making a move, Mike Messina, up to 60.5% of the votes. But uh, see, Manny Ramirez, only 24.9%. Larry Walker, 23%. Obviously, not. Fred McGriff, a guy we always talked about, 15%. Jeff Kent, one of the best hitting second basemen, only 13%. Sheffield, 12%. Billy Wagner, 11.9%. Sosa, only 10%. Jorge Posada only 4.3, and I think if you don't get 5%, you're off the ballot, right? So Posada, on this thing, Posada could be on his way off the ballot. So that's, here's a guy like people, listen, Posada had a very good career, excellent career, but he's not a Hall of Fame player. If you watch Posada, he's not a Hall of Fame player. But you have guys that put both the guys just because they like them or they want to keep them on a ballot. But he's right under it, 4.3%, so he's going to need some help with the rest of uh, the rest of the ballots to get on, to stay on the ballot because they're 4.3 percent. You know, to me, Vlad is Vladimir Guerrero is the guy, and he should be in before any of these guys. So I hope he gets in. I'm glad Pudge is going in. I'm glad Bagwell's going in. But see, like Pudge is another guy. Never lost. Never got caught doing steroids. But that one year he came into camp 50 pounds lighter. It was pretty clear what he was doing when he lost all the weight, when he stopped taking it. But Pudge was one of the best catches we've ever seen all around. I mean, defensively, was it anybody better? In our time? No. And so and I'm really happy for Tim Raines. I think Tim Raines really deserves it. So it's really nice to see Raines get in. I mean, that's uh, very happy for him. But, you know, so we'll see what happens there. But that's a little Hall of Fame, little Hall of Fame update. Let's uh, – Flipping through it, you know, Edgar Martinez is another guy. Be interesting. Obviously, Trevor Hoffman is close. I think Hoffman should get in, too, personally, in my opinion. i like to see Hoffman get in. So we'll see what happens there. And uh, Messina is another guy, right? Messina making some headway. And, of course, the steroid guys, Bonds and Clemens, who, you know, consider the steroid guys. To me, I don't. To me, they're both all the same players. They should be in the game. So, we'll see what happens there. Also, look at some free agents, uh, some trade policy. I mean, Jose Quintana being shopped around. Obviously, the Yankees were one of the teams interested in him. I know Houston, Pittsburgh. So, some possible deals being floated around, Okay. Now, obviously, Houston is a team 
Chicago X for Alex Bregman. That ain't happening. But a deal of Francis Martez, Moss Grove, A.J. Reed, something like that could possibly get them in talks. Pittsburgh, they were asking for Austin Meadows and Tyler Glasnow, which is a lot. Meadows is supposed to be their next big outfielder. But, you know, if you're going to get a guy, I guess you're going to have to give who's under contract. But I don't know if I'd give both those guys. The Yankees, they were talking Glaber Torres, one of the guys they got in the trade, and Justice Sheffield is a possible deal. And then another one was Clint Frazier, who I don't think the Yankees are going to trade, but he he was, and his name has been mentioned, with uh, Domingo Acevedo. And they asked the Yankees for A. Mateo, but the Yankees obviously don't want to move him. Brian Dozier, another guy. He shopped around the Twins. I don't get it. He don't have a big contract. You know, uh, you know. They, they, to me, they get two good prospects for him. The Dodgers are a great fit for him. I'm hearing the Giants could be close to maybe making a trade for Ryan Braun. Something to keep an eye on that the Giants and Brewers are in serious talks. That's definitely something to keep an eye on. What what they're giving up, I'm not sure. With Dozier, you got the Giants, the Cardinals involved. They wanted Alex Reyes. The Cardinals ain't trading him. The, the Dodgers, I think, are offering Cody Bellinger straight up. I mean, they wanted Cody Bellinger straight up. The Dodgers ain't – that's not happening. The Nationals are another team. Victor Robles, his name was involved. And the Braves, another team. You know, Ozzy Albus and Patrick Weigel, some young players being mentioned there. And then McCutcheon, another guy. What's going on with McCutcheon? Right now, nothing. The Dodgers, Blue Jays, seem like the most realistic spots at this point. They were talking Toronto, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Connor Green, and T.J. Zoic. I don't think that's happening. The Dodgers, Jose De Leon, and True Tolis, and Brock Stewart. That was a package being tossed around. But right now, these guys are still, McCutcheon's still there. Quintana's still in the White Sox. Those are still with the Twins, so. We wait and see if anything's going to happen there. So far, nothing. Obviously, a lot of players arbitration: Santiago Castillo to Oakland. Will Myers signed a six-year, eighty million dollar deal with San Diego, and that's nice. You know, stay San Diego. That's where he found the home. He's emerges a, a really good player, All Star last year. So it's nice that he's staying put there. You know, now he turns. You know, he finally lit, became the player everybody thought he was going to be. So, interesting with Casillo going to Oakland. You know, Romo's still out there. Mets still doing nothing. Mets still need a relief pitcher. Looks like Boost is almost off the trade block, or so they're saying. Obviously, if the right deal comes along, he's gone. I personally wouldn't just trade him for anything, so I'm glad they're, I'm glad they're holding on to him. And uh, I, I don't know. I, I, would, I wouldn't just be giving him away. If the guy could give you a legitimate bat, you figure he's going to have a better year than he did with the Mets the last month, although he came on in the playoffs. We're still waiting on Familiar's suspension. Obviously, he Familiar won uh, his arbitration case. Well, no, that, well, they settled. Him and Reed both settled. So, but you're gonna lose the guy. The Mets need to make a move. So, Mets got to do something there. So we'll see what they do there. And uh, you know, to me, to sit back and do nothing when you're trying to say you're trying to win a World Series to me is ridiculous. So, to me, you, you got to make a move when you got to make a move. And, you know, saying we can't do anything until we dump salary is it, just unacceptable from a New York team. And, you know, 
we expect better than that. You know, if we're trying to win a championship, like you said it, then go find some relief pitchers. Team's not far off, or you need relief pitcher. So go get it. So we'll see what happens there. Obviously, they're optimistic about the pitching. We see everybody's coming back healthy. So we'll see what happens. I mean, it's a wait and see. I mean, the Mets, they can make a move tomorrow, or they can do nothing. It's hard to predict with them. But, you know, they slow play everything. I guess they always made some good moves, made some head scratches, but one thing all this is in is exciting. He's very uh, boring and slow moving, so you got to wait and sit through torture before you can get anything. It was amazing that the Cespedes deal got done as quick as it did. So we'll see what happens there. So, all right, so yes, another great show. We got NFL playoffs today. We talked about that earlier. We did uh, a lot of that, and. Uh, you know, so we we did uh, NFL playoffs, we did college, we did a lot of some baseball, some basketball, some hockey. So covered a lot of stuff today. I'm gonna call it. I'm gonna I'm gonna go for the show, and then I'll be back. You know, obviously next week we'll have another great show planned. We'll be doing the NFL, talking about the NFL games, divisional games from today, and the championship games next week. We'll be previewing with Petey. And, and, and uh, you know, we'll be doing some more basketball, hockey, baseball, and all the top news. We give you all the top news. So, so then, everybody have a great weekend. Enjoy your weekend. And thanks to everybody who contributed today. Thanks, PDV. Obviously, as always, thanks, Magic Mike. Thank, you know, thanks for everybody contributing to the show. We had, a, you know, everything went along great. Thanks for everybody listening, as always. And uh, enjoy your weekend. And uh, we'll be back next week. <laughs>